That's right. Album number 10. Short dogs in the house. It's getting close to the end, y'all. And we're going to kick it like this on the last album. Welcome to episode 53 of the Average Joe's MMA show. Jeff Shanahan, David Van Boglen. Absent this evening is Mr. Ryan Dempsey. Uh, he's um, laid up, yeah, indisposed. Yeah. He's, uh, he's got a little owie. He's having. He's yeah. suffering with a little owie, a little back, now, little back issue. When I I go to a doctor, I go to the doctor once a month, and I get this four inch needle stuck through my neck, all the way up to the top of my neck, through four vertebrae, shit injected through them. Uh, come back, and I still make the show. <laughs> it's true. You know, it's no complaints. True. None. Nothing on the air. I come in, I do my job, and I knock it out the park. And this guy has a little bit of boo-boo, and he's got to go <laughs> lay down. You know, give me I a mean, break. I guess we can give him a little pass. <laughs> oh, I'll give him a total pass, dude. I mean, I'm not going to really give him a pass, but, you know, he's got to rest up for work. Yeah, whatever. Well, he did say he wanted to be 100% for the weekend, too, so (laughs) since we're, I mean, we might as well get that out in the intro. Coming up this Saturday night, uh, we'll be doing Fight Night with the Joes, round two. Yeah, man. I'm excited for this. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's it's, on paper. It's a really good card for it, and uh, it'll be fun. We'll have Ryan for a good chunk of it. Right, right. He's got to work in the morning, but he's going to be joining us, and then uh, joining us in studio Will be my good friend Tony Monteruso, our first, uh, our first guest. Yeah, man, our first in-house in-house guest. House guest for the new setup yeah. and stuff. So bought some new gear for uh, you know. Uh, hopefully, Everett's going to come on. Yep. Uh, down the line, um, I talked to Joey Ladigas. He wants to come on down the line when he can do uh, when he can have um, that night off because he works third shift. Yeah. And he works out in Whitehall area. Montague, something Montague, like that. Yeah, well, something like that. So we should have, we know. should have Joey on for a fight night. That that'd be yeah, perfect. man. Yeah, and it just it always happens when it's like a fight night that he wants to see. He's always Always playing, yeah. And I'm always, I'm always sitting here. Uh, I'll be sitting here. I'll be sitting over Everett's or whatever, watching the fight. And Joey would be on stage. And if it's someone he really wanted to see, like when Uriah was on, yeah, yeah, they'd take a little, you know, the 15 minute intermission break. Like, dude, tell me everything. Well, okay, thanks. Here's the funny thing, though. So I won't. I have a show for 208. I won't be able to watch 208. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Joey and I we're playing together. Our, our band. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah, because uh, me and his guitar player, Nick, do a podcast together. And so we're going to do a live episode of our podcast with our friend Hank and, and Chuck. Before, yeah, man. And then I'm going to do a music set, and then Lakeshore Drive is going to do a set. Lakeshore Drive, is, uh, that's Joey's band. Yep. And uh, Nick as well. Nick and Carl and Brandon, the pretty Filipino man. Yeah, man. He's a, he's a pretty chick, he is. He is a pretty chick. <laughs> his fucking hair I just like that too short. Oh, dude. Uh, uh, that's taking it back old school. Uh, I was I was just it. letting it ride, man. I was just sitting there, just <laughs> letting it ride. Yeah, man. I was uh, I was I was going through some some songs, and I love I love that that genre of of rap and hip hop. And uh, I was like, you know what? I could I could do Natural Born Killers from Drain Cube. I could do uh, Do or Die, Pope Pimp. You know, I could do, <laughs> I could do you know a little bit of Pac or Biggie, but those are too obvious, so I wanted to steer away from that. And the guy that I love so much, who always gets left off that list of who's the greatest, is 
Biggie's the greatest, Pac's the greatest, Nas is the greatest, Jay-Z. Too Short always gets left off those kind of lists, and the guy has been throwing it down for so long. So many platinum albums and so many amazing songs, and he gets left off the list all the time. And, it, you know, it's, it's crazy. It's true. He does get forgotten yeah. about a lot. It's, I think the thing with Too Short, the problem for Too Short was, was because of his lyrical content. He never, <laughs> he never got... Like he, yeah. but he never no, had that right. mainstream hit, you yeah. know, where you know, uh, Pac, Biggie, yeah, Snoop, Dre, all of them had at least that, at least something they could play on the radio or censor enough to play on the radio. Really hard to do. With really hard short to do with song. short. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He didn't. He wasn't. It wasn't like short was this this mad genius lyricist. He was real. He, he didn't. His vocabulary and his lyrics didn't stray much. But it was his delivery. Yeah, and it was his song. Smooth it was bop, delivery. He never. You couldn't phase him, and he would just. You know, it was. It was definitely his gift of flow. Was 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 what brought him to the dance. Yeah, he has that smooth West Coast style. Oh man, it's amazing. It's incredible. He's been throwing it down for so long. He's still doing you it. Know? Yeah, that one. That one that we just listened to was the first song on his tenth album. Um, that was going to be one of his last, supposed to be one of his last albums. That was in 95. Right. You know, that's his 10th album in 95. Yeah, and I think he just put out an album a year or two exactly. ago. Exactly. He's still doing it, and he's still amazing. I absolutely love him. And it's a great song, so uh, maybe we'll do an outro and play it on the outs as well so we can listen to the whole thing. I mean, we might as well. Why not? Why not? It's, it only makes makes sense. Come on, just give me the album. Let me. So that's going to be exciting uh, to have someone in in house. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to bringing Tony in. Uh, All right, talked yeah. about him, uh, you know, more than a few times on the show. Sure. Um, him and I have really good conversations about MMA. He's become much more of a hardcore because of me being such a hardcore. But I mean, we we started watching fights together just casually, just mm-hmm. with friends and stuff, and. He's definitely taken to it more, I think, than anybody else, and like really gets into the the analytics and stuff and breaks things down. You know? Oh, he'll fit in just fine. Yeah, here. dude, it's it's going to be a real smooth transition. I think once he gets used to having the mic in his face, but I mean, it won't really be. It'll just be a normal just watching fights. So it'll be much more of a casual thing. But yeah. I think he'll be really good for it. After a while, you don't even rec- realize it's there. Exactly, it's second nature. That's what I told him. You know, there's gonna be four of us, so. We'll have to catch our stride, guys. We're going to have a little talking over each other, like, you know, in the beginning, because, yeah. you know, we're just going to have to get everything panned out. Remember, we got one cat calling in from Canada. Who loves you know? to talk over everybody. Oh, it's his job. It is. <laughs> it is. But he's also got a little bit of a delay. It's a little bit harder, you know, so we get it. You know, he, we get it. And we're gonna have three people in house and one over the computer. So our you know, flying Frenchie. We're gonna we're gonna give Jeff a, a workout. And, yeah, I'm gonna try to direct traffic. <laughs> I'm gonna do my best to try to track <laughs> direct traffic and and keep things going smoothly. You're gonna put him at the end of the runway with those lights. Stop you, go you. 2014 was Two Shorts' last album, I believe. 2014, okay, 2014. That sounds about right. Not bad. You know, for a guy that that thought his last one was going to be album ten in ninety five, I mean that's a. Uh, well, he was still on, doing it in fourteen. That's great. He was on part of that. Uh, oh fuck! What was it? The, the Snoop Dogg tour that I went to in December. He oh. wasn't at the stop. I think he was part of either the next leg or something like that. But his name was on the bill later. Okay. I was kind of bummed. I would have loved to see too short. Who, you, you got to see Bone then, didn't you? It was, but well, Twista was. On there instead of too short, but yeah, I got to see it was the Dog Pound, Warren G, Bone, Twista, and Snoop. 
There's only four guys from Bone left, right? One of them died? Three. Oh, there's only three? Yeah. I think that might be three in the group, but four total still alive. I think, I think maybe, one, yeah. We lost one. I think so. One went to one went to prison for a while. I don't know. I can't keep track of it. It's hard, man. I was, I was trying to watch some, uh, some, to catch up on some things on YouTube and uh, to try to find some of their interviews and the behind-the-scenes stuff and, you know, the when they laid it down with Pac and then when they laid it down with Biggie, basically on their same uh, double album. Yeah. They had both of them together on the same album. Oh, right. man. That's hard to beat that album of theirs. They had so many great people with so many great songs come in and, and collaborate with them. Yeah, they they played all the hits. That was fun. Even though they played over their tracks instead of just having the music, the beat. Oh, really? Yeah, man. The only two, the only two people on that whole show that didn't have backing tracks and shit was Warren was the first one, and it really kind of saved my night because I was getting pissed. That's like one of my biggest pet peeves about rappers. Sure. Like huge pet peeve will turn me it's off. It's lazy. It's lazy as. Fuck, dude. And as a rapper, like, it drives me absolutely insane. And I fucking flip out about it at shows. I get pissed. Even, like, local rappers that do it. Jesus Christ, I make fun of them so badly. Yeah, well, you should. I do. I'm an asshole about it. But I get it. But, so, you know, I pay money to go see these fucking artists that I look up to and shit. And most of them are just, I mean, they're still rapping, but I know they're, you know, taking breaks in between and let, yeah. letting the music just do it right while lip syncing and it's like come on the fuck out of here. right but yeah. warren warren got up there and did it fucking old school style Good. one mic beat no fucking backing tracks no one nothing. mic one love yeah yeah and then snoop i was i was actually after everybody else did it i kind of expected it with snoop because he's snoop and why would he just give a fuck mm-hmm. but he actually gave a fuck good good uh, good for him yeah that made me made me very pleased to save the show huh yeah, absolutely awesome. save the show. Awesome. Awesome. So what do you think? Uh, should we, we should uh, get in this thing? Yeah, let's, uh, let's throw it let's down. Let's get in and start breaking this down. Uh, we're starting a little late tonight. So yeah, yeah. Got a little delayed with dinner. Yeah, we're going to be posting a little bit later than usual, but uh, we'll be up there. Don't worry. Yeah. We'll so be coming at you live. Last Saturday night, we had the uh, UFC on Fox uh, 17, I believe it is. Out of Denver. Out of Denver, yeah. Um. The headlining fight was Valentina Shevchenko and Juliana Pena battling it out for a title eliminator. And uh, pretty much the way we all picked it out, uh, Valentina picked up the win. I, I The sub was not surprising, but kind of surprising. I mean, came you, at it from a great spot. She came at it from a great angle, yeah. but for her, it's not very surprising. I mean, most people think about her being a Muay Thai specialist and everything, but most of... Her non-decision wins are by submission. Well, she hit that um, she hit that armbar from underneath uh, in the guard, right? Yeah. Or was Pena mounted? I don't think she was mounted. No, Pena she was, was in the guard. She was in the guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. she slipped her guard high. Uh, Pe- or, um, Shevchenko started slipping her guard up high and then just worked it out from the bottom. And then Pena tried to do the, like, the helicopter spin mm-hmm. towards her, and Valentina rolled it. It rolled. Yeah, it didn't work. She uh, she. Had it sunk in deep, and then after Pena rolled, she rolled with her, and it was... Yeah, there was it nothing. Was, it was, it was nothing tap or snap. Exactly. It was exactly. And at that point, I think Pena was winning that round. Uh, she, her strike count was yeah, significantly higher. Pena had... Uh, I, yeah, Pena was definitely winning that round. Um, but it, the strikes she were hitting, though, were not any kind of damaging strike. She wasn't really doing anything. No, it was more output than anything. And Valentina was working quite well off the bottom as far as, like... 
her striking and shit. She was landing pretty good shots, like some power shots from the bottom. Yeah. Damaging ones that were loud. I rewatched just rewatched the fight last night again um, in preparation for the show. I, I watched the main. Yeah, card. I just watched it about two hours ago. Okay, and the the thing I think that was really surprising for Pena was the clinch wrestling of Valentina Shevchenko. Mm-hmm. Those trips that she would take every time uh, Pena would go for a knee, and I guess we before we get even more into it, we should uh, preface for. Uh, Kara, who was quite upset with you and I. All right, yeah. Uh, sorry, we got, a, we got a lashing from this one. Yes, we did. We got in trouble by a pregnant woman because she didn't like the things we had to say about Juliana Pena. And wow. uh, Kara, I'm sorry. So terribly, terribly sorry. I'm going to say worse things though now. Yeah. So uh, uh, cover your ears. Yep. Just uh, step away for a minute. Just go, push uh, the fast forward button, or the, you know, yeah. go about 15, 20, maybe 30 seconds up, and, yeah. and just keep listening after that. Congratulations to Valentina Shevchenko. Fuck you, Juliana Pena. <laughs> I hope you retire. Your your bullshit threats. Did you see she compared herself to Michael Goddamn Jordan? Pena did? Oh I yeah, dude. One. She's like, well, even Michael Jordan missed shots. And talking about like her record still being undefeated and some dumb shit, dude. It was it was oh You know, there's we're gonna be talking about uh Touching on a straw weight competitor that had to retire because of brain damage uh, a little bit later on in the show. If anyone's got walking brain damage, he doesn't. This is the chick they should be they should be scanning because I don't know what the hell's wrong with Pena. She's the shit out she of says her is goddamn mind. ridiculous. Out of her mind, out of it. Diz 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 tweeted this picture out Sunday, and it was uh, of her in the armbar, and he called her Fallon Fox. Really? Yeah. Wow. And it was kind of funny because in the fight while we were watching it, I looked at Tony and I was talking about how she looked like a Filipino lady boy. <laughs> <laughs> and then that happened on Sunday. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, or maybe it was Monday. Um, I did send out a tweet directly at her that was just a, a – uh, thing that said suck it bitch did she block you have she blocked you yet i don't think so no nope i'm not blocked yet i'm not blocked yet she still has this fucking pinned tweet from 2016 that said seven and oh undefeated <laughs> you better take that down yeah, time to time to get rid of that girl like you oh yeah just just dumb shit Dumb, dumb shit. I'm looking forward to the the um, the second the rematch of Shevchenko and Amanda Nunes. I'm also this looking forward to that. This is going to be a, a great, great fight between the best that the women's bantamweight division has. Amanda Nunes, she is the best champion or otherwise. She is, and Shevchenko is so much more improved and. And in every aspect, look at what, I mean, pulling that arm bar out, that's yeah. not something that she could have done. She wasn't trained that or didn't have that much experience at the time they fought last time. She's going to pose Amanda Nunes a legit threat to Well, her and that's title. where we saw the problems with Nunes' gas tank. Because Nunes was, was winning. She won the first two rounds mm-hmm. dominantly. And that's pretty much what won her the fight. Yeah. But Shevchenko put it on her in the third round pretty well. Yeah. And Nunez's tank went. Now we got five. And now we're going five. Yeah. You haven't had to go five for a championship fight. 
Yeah, this is gonna, she's going to pose a real uh, threat to her. Real threat. Did you threat. see how much bigger, though, that uh, Nunez looked in the cage yeah. next to Valentina? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's Amanda Nunez at about what? Probably one, 160. Probably. I mean, she was big uh, comparatively. So, you know, she's probably in the 155, 160, yeah. 165 area, somewhere like that. that. She's been living know. that champ life for the last month. Just yeah, man. wheeling and dealing and whining and dining and jet setting all over the place. You know, they've, she's been, you know, she got that big payday from uh, Ronda's pay-per-view bonus stuff that, you know. Yeah. You know, despite what she made it on her base salary, uh, Amanda Nunes, the, the, the pay-per-view numbers that she got because Ronda sold so many. Did you see that? She's that man. Did you see that thing she released about uh, apologizing for the way I she did. acted? Yeah. What did you think of it? I think she realized that. Look at the paycheck that Rhonda got for me. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was like my that. Bad. You know. You know. Look what you did for me and my family. You know. I appreciate that. She kind of lost some fans on that. I saw quite a bit of backlash during that on yeah. Twitter. Like, uns- I-, I was kind of surprised by it, by the backlash because, I mean. Rhonda's done a lot of the same thing. I mean, she was still a polarizing figure, but I was just kind of extremely polarizing. I was kind of surprised that so many people kind of backlashed on her, and now they're like hoping that her cockiness backfires on her against Valentina and shit like that. Which you you know, you got to have the bad guy. Yeah, someone's got to be the heel. You can't have face versus face. No. You know, nobody's nobody's buying a good guy versus a good guy. One of them has to be hated more so than the other. The media coverage is going to be terrible for this fight, though. Unfortunately, it is because it's just going to be a broken English battle. Yeah, yeah. They're going to be the battle of translators. It's going to have to be like commingled with something good, something that can sell. Yeah, can sell it because the fight itself is going to be amazing. But I don't know if it's going to do the numbers. No, you know. Yeah, I don't think so either. And I don't know what is going to be next for Juliana Pena. I don't really care. I'm glad she (laughs) lost because I could not deal with the buildup of a fight between her and Nunez. How far did she drop from the loss? Number four. four. She's down to four. Was she at three before? No, this this was number one and number two. It was number one and number two. Yeah. Okay. she fall behind Ronda? Let me see. And Ronda dropped to five. You had to have dropped Ronda to five. Let's take a look. Yeah, and the only the ones I looked at was heavyweight one. for the obvious reasons. Rousey is three. Shit. Rousey's three. Home. She moved, moved up, up a fucking spot. Yeah. Get the fuck yeah, out of here. Pena dropped down from two. <laughs> Rousey and Home moved up one. Oh, my God. That brings me so much joy that Pena dropped below Rousey because she hates her. Oh, fuck you. Let's see Rocky. Rocky oh, sitting I'll down fucking there. take that fight all day. Sign oh, yeah. me up for Pena. Rocky sitting down there, hasn't lost in four straight fights. And she's like, what are these girls doing ahead of me? Dude, sign me up for Rocky Pena. I am fucking That's all, great all fight. over that yeah. fight. Give me that rematch from fucking Ultimate yeah. Fighter. And you got put home as number two when she's about to fight for the featherweight title. Yeah. She's not going to be over there. Well, I don't think. I think you know she's going to end up staying at that featherweight. If she looks good and you know well, she feels good about it, kind of depends because Dana. I, I was listening to Unfiltered today from yesterday, and was it yesterday? I think Tuesday. It was, Tuesday. Yeah. It was Tuesday's yeah. episode where Dana White talked about Ronda Rousey probably not ever fighting again mm-hmm. and whatever. But he, they asked him about the forty-five division. He still doesn't know what he what they're going to do with it, which is ridiculous because. 
There's plenty of talent at 145 that they could go pick from. There's, Absolutely. There's, I mean, all of Invicta that they could go get freaking. I mean, Charmaine Tweed's tried to fight and didn't do well, but she got beat up by fucking. She got beat up by, what was it, Cyborg. Cyborg beat her up. But, I mean, there's there's Megan Anderson, who is the Invicta champion now. Um, oh, God, I'm trying to find the rankings for... There's a Twitter page that I follow that's women's MMA rankings, and it's actually pretty cool because they talk about not just the, the divisions that the UFC has, but... Um, you know, 155 even, like, heavyweight women and mm-hmm. shit, so... Yeah. But there was, like, a whole list of... I'm trying to find it back. And Gabby Garcia, wait. Whew, there's some big girls, dude. I seem the next girl that she's fighting is, is not small at all. No, but Gabby's still bigger than all of she's, them. She's taller and uh, way more muscular than any chick that, that I've ever seen her come up against. Yeah, um... I feel like anybody, Cindy Danis, that or Danois, that's another girl that mm-hmm. uh, could come into the UFC. Former. The fact that they don't know what they're doing with the division this late when they're already they've already got the title booked, right? And, you it know, doesn't... they don't they don't have any contenders filled out. I mean, that's not good. That's not good planning. Yeah, well, I mean. Let's face it. This whole division was only created because of Cyborg, and then who they was going like, to be who just popped. Right, but it was just like, okay, we got Cyborg. She's going to be our champion. We can hold on to whatever for a while. And they fucking lost that one. Because you could have gotten three fights, you know, just doing home versus Cyborg and Jermaine Demarodome versus Cyborg (laughs) and, you know, whoever else they decide to try to bring in. But there's... They could just take the... 45 division from Invicta, plant them in as UFC now, and then rebuild 45 up from the ground and get some new fighters and let them build it up over there. Absolutely. And just shift it over and then start anew for Invicta, and there, you're, you're, you got your 45 talent pool solidified. And go from there. There's a lot of options. No. A lot of options. I mean, that's, that's not taking a, a scalpel to a problem, but it's taking a cleaver to it, but, but he seems, it fills it out. He seems to just really be completely ignoring the 145-pound division in Bellator or even RFA. You think he doesn't want it there? Dude, I don't really know, man. I think he's kind of pissed because they didn't. I don't think he does. I don't think so either. I think they wanted to hold out. And open up the 25-pound division. Yeah. But what are you going to do with Cyborg at that point? They had to do it. Right. They put it off the backs of someone that they knew was going to pop for cheating. You had to know it. Eventually, she was going to pop. Maybe it wasn't right away. Maybe it took a couple years. But there's no way that someone like that wasn't going to pop. Right. It's just... I wouldn't be be comfortable as uh, a business side of things directing and building my division around someone like that. I just wouldn't be. That has nothing to do with her skills and nothing to do with her personality, nothing to do with anything else, her look or whatever you want to call it. That's only because I don't trust her her practices. That would be it. Be the only reason. I agree, man. It's I, they they think that there's just nothing that they can sell with this, but I don't believe that's true. 
I mean, they 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 have to. They're going to have to build stars. Yeah, that's not impossible. No, not you at build all. Build stars before you know the formula. You know how to do it. Get people over. You know, sell to the the majority. It's... There was a time when Chuck Liddell wasn't a star for you. There was a time right. when Randy Couture wasn't a star for you, or Tito Ortiz, or Rampage, or Connor. Connor came in; he wasn't a star. No. Yeah. You know? Because no. you gave him TV time and you put him in the right position, and you gave him people that he could successfully look dominant against. You booked him properly, and you built a star. There's, you know, there's, there's no saying they can't build more stars. They just have to be willing to put the time and the effort into it. I just think that they're afraid with women's MMA to try to go harder because, um, you know, they got lucky with Ronda being able to build off her back. Yeah. Um, they've gotten lucky now with Ioana, you know, her being able to become a star because they were banking on Paige, but... She's proven to be a, a mediocre fighter. Not great, not bad. Yeah. But she has... She's not been a breakout fighter. But they finally, you know, at least they're finally um, getting some other 115 star. Like Michelle Watterson's coming up. Yeah. Um, She's a bankable uh, character. She's a bankable fighter. Uh, Good luck. Mike's skill is good enough to to talk over and do a promo. Yeah, for sure. Definitely a bankable fighter. And she's got a good story that has been out there people have paid attention to. They put that story about her and her kid. Yeah, yeah. they did that whole fight pass, yeah. uh, fight mom thing. It went over well. Yeah, I thought so I There's thought an so. audience for her, and she's, you know, given the opportunity, I think she'll do well. But we'll see what happens with that division, and uh, keep an eye on that as, as it unfolds. Yeah, I hope they do more, and they, and they bring in some of these girls that are hungry to come in and fight. Same here. Uh, there's, uh, there's plenty of opportunity there. They just give it to them. You got to take the op- you got to be given the opportunity, and that's the thing is I just don't know if Dana's willing to because they could balance both. They could still do a hundred and twenty five pound women's division. Absolutely, absolutely, and they need to do a hundred and twenty five pound division. I agree. I was probably you take Cyborg out of the equation. It was probably more intelligent to do twenty five than forty five. I think they wanted to. I did too. I really think they wanted to, yeah. but they didn't have a choice because what else were they gonna yeah. do with Cyborg? Right. Who was yes, a big draw, uh yes an attraction. Because if they lose her, she's going straight to Bellator. Mm-hmm. Her and, and Coker have a good relationship. She'd love to go there, she'd get her sponsor money back. Yeah. She'd get paid fast. She'd get a lot she she would get a lot of sponsor money. I mean she she probably made pretty decent money fighting in Invicta. She got some she had like three headlining fights through them and they don't have the Reebok deal rules so yeah but back, on. back to back to the uh, the fight card the co-main event was uh, ended with some controversy man with Jorge yeah. Masvidal picking up the TKO in the second round but realistically this fight ended in the first round yeah um, and that, Cerrone got his ass kicked oh god you know. Badly. Um, Looked terrible. Yeah, I don't know what what happened. This wasn't the Cerrone. The switch kicks were not hitting his... Uh, he struggles against straight... He struggles against really good boxers, though. Yeah, that's... He has been. Uh, but 
But like traditional, really good traditional boxing style, he struggled badly. And and Masvidal is one of the best boxers. And Masvidal came in at the end of the first round. Masvidal nailed him, popped him. And Cerrone went down, and his eyes rolled back, and Herb Dean ran in, and he waved his hands in the air, yeah, right? waved the fight off. You know, that's that's the signal of the fight is done. But for whatever reason, he switched midair, and he said, no, it's not fight done, it's the round off. Well, it, it, like the horn went off like a second after he waved it. Yeah. He waved the fight off with about one second yeah. left, give or take. Yeah, just about us. Yeah, and then changed his tune after the round went over, and exactly. looked, when he looked at Cerrone and was like, "Oh, I fucked up. Uh, fight not keep over. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Get the doc over here." Doc looked at him. He was out, man. When the doc looked at him, you could oh, see yeah. he was like, uh, his, "He was like his eyes were glossy, and he was like, he was a mess okay, on the stool." I'm okay. He wasn't okay. No, they should not have let that continue. No, Herb Dean dropped the ball when he changed mid in midair, basically, and said, "Oh, sorry, fight's not over." Uh, just the round, he screwed up. The Greg, doctor that looked at him screwed up. Greg Jackson screwed up. By letting him go back out there. Yeah. You don't ask the fighter. The fighter's always going to say, I'm going out. you got to trust your corner. Uh, but I'm going out. Jackson, Dick, yeah. All, all three of them dropped the ball for Cowboy. Yeah. All of them dropped the ball for Cowboy. When he came out in the second round and he took those unnecessary shots, he did not need to be out there. He was out on his feet. He was not landing anything with any kind of starch behind it. He didn't have anything left. He was going through the motions of a guy that has superior training and has muscle memory. That's all he was doing was going yeah. through the motions. Yeah, he and he got the shit out kicked of out of him again. Yeah, he. I mean, to get TKO'd basically twice in a fight. Well, not basically. He did get TKO'd yeah, did. twice in a fight. He did. Unnecessary damage, man. That second round should have never happened. Jorge Masvidal hit 58 strikes and 58 significant shots. Yeah. It's the same thing for Cowboy. It's 30 strikes, 30 significant shots. These guys did not fuck around this fight. No. They were going for everything. And Masvidal had to answer for everything. Yeah, that he Cowboy. really I mean, did. Every time Cowboy tried that leg kick, he was hitting him with that jab. Yep. And putting yep. it right in his face. Yeah. Um, it was Masvidal's night. His night. It was. This was his fight. It was his night. He was not going to take anything uh, less than a win. No. He was not going to get a tie. He was not going to get a draw. He was not going to lose. He it, he was going for broke. It, it was fight. winner go home. Yeah, for my, for Jorge Masvidal it, in his mind, not so much. It wouldn't have hurt him a loss. Nah, so much. Not against Cowboy. That's Saying that really doesn't hurt. really hurt Cowboy all that much. No, he'll bounce back, but he's going to be taking some time off. Yeah, Dana uh, White said, "Fuck you, yeah, take a time off." I don't give a fuck what you say. You're yeah. taking some time off. Yeah, uh, uh, performance of the night given much, and much definitely well earned. You know, he definitely earned that. So yeah, and Valentina got performance of the night as well, I believe. Yes. Yes. So, um, you know what? Cowboy does need some time off. He always runs a hectic, hectic schedule. Um, he was really after his last fight. What it was three weeks? Yeah, three, four, three weeks and a half, now. four week yeah. turnaround. Not even. He wanted this this Denver card. Yeah, uh, very much so. And Dana, you know, Dana gave it to him. And it probably wasn't a good idea. No. He probably needed more time. And, you know, we probably won't see him now for another six months or so. And, you know. Uh, I think Dana's going to keep him out long, dude. I think he is. I don't think he'll be able to keep him out six. Four? Uh, two to three max. I think he's going to make him go a little bit longer. For some reason, I got a feeling that he's going to make Cowboy sit out and what are we at? heal up. We're in February. Yeah, beginning of February. This was at uh, the what, end of January. I'll put it on. He'll be on the 211 card in April. Ooh, I don't think he's going to be that early. I think it's gonna be more like May it's in to Dallas. June. Probably at Cowboy Stadium. 
Oh, wow. 211 is? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did. We didn't get to talk about that before no. uh, the show started. A rumored headliner, according to Talk MMA, uh, say in uh, Stipe versus JDS at uh, in Dallas. Uh, I'm going to assume Cowboy Stadium. Wow. That's a big stadium to fill. I could be wrong. There, there's no site announced. It just said Dallas, oh, Texas. I gotcha. But, I mean... I know they wanted to If you're going to go to Dallas, come on. you got to go big. Well, I mean, you know, they can do the arena, the basketball arena and shit, but... Where the Mavs play? Yeah. And I think the Stars also play. But let's see. Yeah. Steve Amiotis versus Junior Dos Santos, rumored headline, UFC 211, Dallas, Texas. Okay, so that's May, not April. My bad. Uh, I'd go for that, though. So that's four months, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I was thinking 211 was in April, but that's 210. So, but he does need the time off anyway. So he definitely does. Oh, I absolutely. Um... And I'll be ready to watch him when he comes back. Yeah. What did you think about uh, Mazadal's 200k callout for Damian Maya? I don't know. I know he's a great boxer. I know he's great for stand-up, but I don't think he wants to bark up that tree. Amy Maya's a bad motherfucker. Yeah. Amy Maya's a bad motherfucker. He's he's the kind of guy that you can be as good at boxing as you want. He's going to take you down. He's going to he's going to smother you and abuse you on the ground. You're not going to use any of that boxing. Right. So um, I'd watch the fight. I think it'd be a fun fight to watch. Oh, I would too. You know, you got your striker against your grappler. So, you know, that's what they call the classic confrontation. Neil Magny wants him to. Wants uh, Jorge Masvidal. Yeah, well, Masvidal called him out a while ago. Um, Those guys got history? Uh, I don't know if they do or not. I don't know if they fought. They've got just some history of, of shit talking. Of jaw jacking? Yeah, mostly Masvidal. But, uh, yeah, I don't believe they fought. No. I don't see anything. No, they haven't. I think I don't think they fought. I know they didn't fight, obviously. Um, but just been a lot of talk. Uh, rematch with uh, Lorenz Larkin is also another fight that people are calling for. But Lorenz Larkin's not but, even yeah. under contract and probably going to end up in Bellator. Yeah, it was uh, some of the news that we had this week is Lorenz Larkin. Uh, Rick story. Rick, the horror story. And uh, Misha Shirkinoff, who's a... Pretty good, good up and coming two hundred five er. Yeah, but all they're gone. all they're all well, not gone, just contracts gone from the, gone. Gone gone from the rankings. Yeah, gone from the, the ranking pages. But apparently, so I was under the impression that Larkin was like pretty much a done deal with Bellator. But I was asking somebody was talking about the they wanted to see Lorenz Larkin and and Jorge Masvidal fight again, or Larkin versus Robbie Lawler. And I brought up the point about him being going to Bellator, and he's like, "Well, nothing's official. They haven't given him a deal or an offer, and the UFC still owns matching rights or some shit. So they can whoever, whatever the offer that comes out, they have the opportunity, the opportunity to match. Yeah, whether or not they will. Yeah, well, yeah, that's a be completely f- different story if they foolish. will or not. But um, be foolish to let him go. He's a great fighter. Yeah." He's a great throw. So, uh, Shirkinoff. Yeah. A story. Yeah. Whatever. If he, he couldn't cover a goal, it really doesn't. I don't think that's going to make two. much difference in that company. No, but those two. The other two are, are definitely assets. Yeah. 
they're assets to the company. For sure. Losing them is, you know, I don't know. Speaking of guys that are assets Ooh. to the company, Jesus. Oh, my God. Another performance of the night. Yeah. Man. The heavyweight division, I believe we saw the, the end of Andre Lovolowski, dude. And the big, and the birth. The birth of the Ngano era. Of Francis Ngano, who Jesus is Christ. a maniac. He's Monster. a stud. He is incredibly talented. He's a tough, tough guy. Strong as a bull. The fucking predator, man. Unbelievably talented. Dude. Unbelievably talented. This is when you and I were talking about this, and Ryan, too. Um, this is where you and I was hoping that Black Beast would yep, be. He's what I wanted Beast yeah. to be. This is where we were hoping that like he'd progress to this level and end up beating the journeyman and Andre Arlovsky, former heavyweight champion. We were just hoping that um, that uh, Beast would end up going on this route. And Francis Ngannou was the one that's been picking up that ball and running that's, with I was going to say, that's what they were trying to push Beast towards, especially after um, picking up the, the win over Big Country. Yeah. But then he had such a lackluster performance in his last fight where Engano was the co-headliner with him and nearly tore that dude's arm off. Engano is a a killer. He is a killer. Yeah. And he is going to be extremely fun to watch. He's something the – he has already been extremely fun to watch, but – Coming, going further, he's what the heavyweight division needed. A young, talented, incredibly powerful, great showcasing fighter that they can build their their, their back off yeah. of for another decade. He's you know, 30. Yeah, he's got plenty of time. Yeah, especially in the heavyweight division. They, they tend to have longer careers because fights end shorter. Yeah. They don't have, you know, they're not taking... Five rounds yeah. of damage. Their their arms aren't twisted. Right. And it, They're not the weight know. cut. The weight cut. They don't have to cut as much weight. No. There's only a handful of them that actually have to cut any weight. Exactly. Mark you Hunt know? being one of them. Yeah, Brock had to cut. Brock had to cut a lot of weight. Yeah. And he was in there. He was. He was that. He was walking around at like two ninety one. Yeah. And he had to cut down to two sixty five. Silva. Sylvia used to cut a lot too. Timmy Sylvia. Tim Sylvia. Yeah. 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 I mean, Andre walks around at like two. 30, 240. Yeah, he doesn't have to worry about cutting anything. Uh, Same with like, doesn't like seem to. JDS and Cain Velasquez and, and those kind of, you know, for Doom, those guys that are, you know, around the 235, 240 area, yeah, they don't have to cut anything. Nope. You know, that's, it's could be a benefit. They're lighter than the other guys, you know, so could be a downfall. It's hard to say, but those guys seem to have success being around that little mid, that midway yeah. uh, point of, of the weight limit. What do you think of Engano wanting Cain? I think Kane better be nervous, uh, but I don't like I don't like him calling out a fragile warrior that doesn't. Well, I mean, he called out three three fighters. He said he wanted Kane, JDS, or Stipe. He's not ready for Stipe. I don't even know. I, he's I not ready for Kane. He's I probably don't know not if ready, he's ready for JDS. For Kane either. That's it. I mean, I think the next fight to make with him because he jumped up to six. Let me just take a look. Depending here. on what happens with Brown and and. Beast, I still think the him and Beast fight should happen just to eliminate that fucking. Uh, well, Beast has who'd you say Brown? He's, he's got Brown. Brown. Yeah, that's right. At uh, Halifax, they were supposed to be on two hundred eight, but they got moved to Halifax. So at this point, give Ngannou Ben Rothwell. That's I mean that's a that's the next closest guy ahead of him because Hunt's not there. Yeah. Um. Well, no, Hunt's supposed to Hunt's fighting over. Hunt's fighting Alistar. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Um. 
See what happens with shakes out with with Lewis. If he beats Brown, he's gonna probably jump up to seven, and then you could you know that. Oh, uh, Beast and Ngannou. That's what I want. That's Ooh, the fight baby. I. That's the fight I want. Yeah, man. That's the fight I want. Whether or not it really does anything to help Ngano as far as getting ready for that next level of challenge, it just eliminates. I mean, Brown or Lewis has got to beat Brown first. Right. Which, you can't look past that. Because no, that's, definitely can't. That's still a hell of a fight. But. That's the fight I really would like, but Ben Rothwell is the fight that makes sense. I think he needs that fight as a stepping stone to the tougher competition like Kane and JDS. Yeah, I definitely agree. Absolutely. He flat out beat the piss out of Arlovsky, by the way. Oh, my uh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, what did Arlovsky throw? Three three strikes? It landed three strikes. They say they were significant, but I didn't see anything didn't significant see anything, land. Nothing you know? significant land. There was nothing that really did any any damage the at all. The shot he he dropped him with wasn't even his best shot, though. Like, it was like a, an off-balanced counter yeah. short hook right. It wasn't even like full power. No, but that shows you how strong. That's what I'm you know, saying. How strong man. the man is. This kid is a, a, a this kid. He's barely. He's almost my age. <laughs> I'm almost forty, brother. I can call him that. This this <laughs> animal. Yeah. Is destructive. This madman. This yeah monster. He is it just guys. Honestly, if ever you see Ngannou on the card, watch it because you're not going to want to miss what this guy puts out. No matter who he's fighting, he's going to give you a great, great fight. You're likely to see a highlight reel knockout. You're not getting a boring uh, five-round decision. Not a chance. That's for sure. Not a chance. If it goes two, you're lucky. And he he just he, he flat out destroyed Arlovsky. And I was you know. Depending on what his contract was, I was almost surprised we didn't see the retirement speech come out for Arlovsky because he's not got much left. I don't. I think his brain was kind of scrambled. Yeah, they're not really. Joe kind of put that put that hammer down where he said we're not interviewing knocked out no. guys anymore, and everyone kind of followed suit because he took. He was knocked the fuck out. Well, I mean, he took some shots on the ground too. Yeah, that rep. Jesus, God, there was some uh, terrible. Bad. Oh, my God. Who were some of those guys? Never heard of them in my life. The, 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 I think it was the Ngano. I think it was the Ngano andre Arlovsky fight where you had the guy that looked like a combination of Abraham Lincoln and Steve Mazzagatti. Yeah, who the hell was that guy? Tim Johnson or something yeah. like that. Yep. It, he was terrible. There was, uh, there was uh, these refs. I just kept saying, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> What in the shit is going on here? Yeah, it was not a good night for the refs, man. There was a lot of missed calls. There was a lot of unnecessary damage. I mean, we'll get into it when we get back into the prelims, but look what the fuck happened to Algerman Sterling. Yeah, man. Yeah. Two goddamn clear, straight shots to the nuts. Unbelievable. And you're not even going to – the second one you didn't see <laughs> – I, I, How I mean, could we, you not see it? Right. Like I said, we can save that for the fight. Yeah, okay. But Jesus fuck. Um, just keep an eye on Ngano because he's going to be someone he, you want to watch. He's he is awesome. the future of the heavyweight division. Yeah, he's he, definitely. I can see him as champion by the end of 2017. Uh, he's going to, if he's not, he's going to definitely put a hurt on. He's going to be on, challenging you know. for it. Oof. He's going to earn it. He, he he's a He's an animal. He's exactly what the heavyweight division is needed. And he comes out of a country that, that bans mixed martial arts. Right. <laughs> yeah, him and Tom Dukenwa, yeah, man. Yeah, that's crazy. Wait till you see Tom Dukenwa. 
This is going to be a lot of fun. Oh, dude, I can't yeah, wait. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, the Bantamweight division is going to get shook up. It needs it, too. It does. He's going to just start tearing people up. There's some good, interesting matchups for him at 135. Or 45. I mean, Tommy can go either one. He don't care. So, Speaking of uh, 145, the first fight on the main card featured uh, Alex Caceres, Bruce Leroy taking on the kid Jason Knight. Yeah, this uh, this kid. The this was Jason yeah, Knight. this was your guy. Right. I had done for I was doing research on something else, and I and I happened to read a little write up about this guy. So, already uh, he's got crazy jujitsu and amazing striking. Just a great all around fighter. So, I went kind of deep into um, checking some of his stuff out, and he really, really impressed me. Young kid, very hungry, extremely explosive, so I brought it to you guys. I'm like, oh, you know, no one ever heard of him, obviously. No, I was like, what? Who the fuck is that guy, you know? Uh, but when you watched him, yeah. tell me he was extremely talented. Oh, my talented. God, his performance was, in, was great. Yeah. I, I had my eyes glued on this fight. I was ready for it because I wanted to see what... I wanted. I mean, I picked him. I yeah. wanted him to prove me right. Yeah. Uh, output. Look at that. 112 strikes. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, he put out crazy output. He stood tall. He took some heavy shots. He did. Caceres yeah. hit him with some good shots. Absolutely. And he took him and he kept going. He he. I was very impressed with his performance. When he got him, uh, when he got to use that jitsu, when he got him down, he took his back. You see him transition, pop, pop. He pulled him right straight back. You know, he uh, he did everything by the book. He was smart in the first round, too, when he took his back the first time. Yeah. And got the choke in at the end of the round. He didn't try to, like, rush and, and just exactly. burn his arms out. So trying a lot to of patience. It. Yeah, he was patient. He was careful. He was smart. Very. And, and held it off for the second round and then finished him off. It he, was showed, great. he showed a lot of veteran decision-making for a kid so young. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited to watch the uh, the future of this kid. Um, he's obviously got a lot to learn, but I think he's going to be someone special to watch. I agree. He's got he's got a lot of potential mm-hmm. um, to do great things in this division. I mean, Caceres is no joke. He's, he's a veteran, Caceres he, is. He's he been is. around a long he's, time. 16 fights, I think, in the UFC, they exactly. said. Um, and it's not like he's 38 years old or anything either, you know? Cause no, he's a is, young kid. He's so. in his 20s. But he's got a lot of UFC fights. You know, uh, just a, um, a, a very a veteran fighter. You know, not the best fighter, not the worst fighter. No, you know, he's, he's, never, he's, you know. he's a middle-of-the-road guy. Um, but he's very dangerous for he, upcoming he, young yeah. fighters. His skill set is super dangerous, yeah. and it poses a lot of problems for a lot of fighters, and, and Jason Knight figured it out. Right. Was able to actually hit him, because that's the thing about Caceres, is super elusive. Yes. Super yes. elusive. And, and there was one point, uh, I think Knight went for a kick to the head, and completely ducked it like yeah. Bruce Leroy did it. It was just the way he ducked it and swooped out yeah, of that, it. Yeah, that head work. Yeah, dude. His head movement was great for this fight, and and Jason Knight still figured it out. It wasn't so much a bad performance at all on no. Caceres' part. It was no. just Jason Knight was that much better that night. Definitely. And I guess the win by submission in the second round, Rene Kachok, I believe it was. Yes. Um, who essentially did perfectly, drug him down, flipped him over. It was it was just picture-perfect. And picks up the the victory in round two. Yeah, it was good. good yeah. night for night. I'm I'm very 
like you said, I'm excited to see what, what more he can do in here. Definitely. Main card, what did you think? Main card I thought was great. And, yeah. uh, I mean, four finishes, two subs and, a, and two knockouts. Yeah. What more can ask, you ask for out of No, you can't ask for much more. You know, it was uh, an extremely great showings. Um, the refs. Ref, ref, ref work was about a D. But, you know, the fighters they put on, definitely a high B-plus card, man. Yeah. I, uh, I, you know, very, very, very good. Yeah, I, I'm even teetering towards an A-minus for the main better. card. That's probably more accurate. Especially for the lack of enthusiasm about the card, you know. Yeah, I didn't go in expecting much. No, no, not yeah. at all. Not at all. I was I was expecting the most out of the Cerrone Masvidal. And I got, and, and I mean, I knew Angano was going to knock out Arlovsky. Yeah. But this, you know, that that Knight and Caceres fight, brilliant. Yeah. You know, you, you, that could have went either way. They were good. I mean, it would turned out to be an overall good yeah. night on the card. You couldn't ask for much more, man. Maybe five five fights instead of four yeah. might have made it better. Maybe not. You know, who knows? You want to talk a couple of these? Yeah, we can talk about some of the prelims. I'll probably dust over the main one because I... Uh, it, it was There was nothing really to talk about on this one uh, yeah Sam. i think nate kind of actually i think nate won the fight yeah do you i do sort of I, i've only watched it the once so I, I need to go but my initial reaction was i felt like nate won the fight there was so close look at this i'm not angry either way it was a close decision look at that i mean they both had a minute 58 control yep on the nose. Yeah, 40, 52 to 50. 36 to 28. Yeah. I mean, the difference of one takedown. I no, mean, I, I didn't feel like it was a robbery in any way, shape, or form or anything like that. It looks like a coin. It was like a coin flip fight, really. I kind of felt like both both fights, even the, the Asuncao Sterling fight, was kind of a little closer than. Yeah. Than well, the, Smiling Sam gets a win over Nate the Great. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, Smiling Sam keeps, 29, 28. keeps on winning, and I got to keep. That stupid face. <laughs> the only thing stupider than the smiling Sam is the stupid angry face he tries to make when he fights. Yeah, okay. You're used to this goofy stuff, and then he tries to, to mean mug you. And it's really, it, it's goofy. <laughs> the mean mug is super goofy, yeah. man. Yeah. Well, he, you know what, he won another one, so. Yes, he did. Yes, he good did. on him. Nate the Great is... Uh, not uh, not a pushover. No, no, it's a tough Nate, fight. When you fight Nate Marquardt, you fight. You're in for a fight. Yeah. So it was a tough fight. Tough fight. This one is the one I want to get to. Yes, yes. Uh, we talked pretty heavily about our excitement for this fight and uh, Rafael Desanos, or Rafael Sunsau, not Rafael Desanos. I was listening to somebody talk about RDA on the way over here. Rafael <laughs> Sunsau uh, picks up the win over Aljamain Sterling. Um, a split decision. Yeah. And this was another really close fight that could have gone either. I mean, really, Aljamain outstruck him. Yeah, um, in quantity of strikes and landed strikes. But, again, you're at an instance where um, both of these fighters, like Aljamain landed 52 strikes, and 52 were significant. Right. A Sun South 39 and 39 yeah. were significant. You know, So they were really laying it in. Uh, not a lot of control on either. There's no takedown or no. knockdowns for, for either. So even, a couple seconds, you know, of control. Even still, I mean, it, this this fight probably should actually should have been a draw because the Sun South should have lost the point. Should have lost the point on the second yeah. freaking nut shot, and that ref completely blew that one. He hit he hit a flush in the nuts twice within a minute. 
yeah, minute and a half, 90 and seconds. A half, something like that. You know, really close the in the second, same round. The second one was worse. The second one was a straight right. shot. At least the first and, one was kind of one of those glancing, like, missed kick off yeah. the leg, up, jumps up a little bit. Still stings. Still stings you know, quite a bit. But the second one, the, and the ref was right in fucking front of yeah. him. Yeah. The second one was a straight up ball shot. Unbelievable. And he and he keels over and he falls down. And you know what? The Sun Sal was showed uh, great sportsmanship because he could have kept attacking him. Yeah, he did. He could have just off. charged in and slugged him and knocked him over or done whatever the hell he wanted to because the ref said keep fighting. Yeah, he knew he fucked up. You know, and, and he knew he was like, dude, you gotta get him back up. I don't want to hit him down, you know. And Sun Sal showed a lot. Of of sportsmanship on that, yeah, I re- really didn't have. I respected to. him for that, and it, and it's not like I thought that the you know it was a malicious shot to the no. nuts or anything like that, but it was blatant. But it was, yeah, and it was. God, oh. was that the the Tim Johnson? Was he on this one too? Yeah, I think, I, that, I think he was. I think he was. He sucks. They all sucked. <laughs> even you know, it's a bad night when even Herb drops the ball. Yeah, even Herb sucked. That's you know that's no, you know there's an off night going on. Blame it on the altitude. The Suns ended up getting a split decision victory over Aljamain Sterling. Yeah, you know in a in a fight that was doomed to beginning. You know, a couple nut shots, not a lot of uh, uh, other takedowns, not a lot of action. It was just uh, I, I didn't get what I thought I was going to get out of it. No, no, it was it wasn't it wasn't the exciting war that I was hoping for, but it was. Still a good fight. Yeah, it was what it was. It's still a good fight. Um, Aljo, nothing to really hang your head at. You're only two head on. The only two losses you got in your career to two really tough guys. Yeah, Just yeah. bounce back. That's what I was a highly ranked fighter. Yeah, and his first loss was to Brian Caraway, who I don't really personally like, but, but he's, he's a, he's a top, ranked fighter, top five bantamweight yeah. fighter. Anything else, or um, anything else you want to touch on? Yeah, can you? Um, can you zoom in on the screen a little for me so I can see the, some of these names a little better? Thank you. Uh, De Silva and Johnson was... Oh, yeah, nothing really. Jordan knocked the shit out yeah, of him. Yeah, Jordan Johnson looked really good. <laughs> I mean, he abused him for three rounds. I was... I had forgotten all about the fact that uh, it was only... He never he didn't have a 9-8 or a 10-8 round. It's surprising. Because he, 106 strikes, 10 minutes of control, four takedowns. I mean, he just abused him. Yeah, he beat the, He flat out abused De Silva. Beat the living piss out of De Silva. De Silva looked terrible. He really did. He really did. Um, what was it? There was a, one of the prelim, Gonzalez. Was it Gonzalez and, and Cotrell? Down in the earlys? Yeah. Quick sub in the first round? Oh, yeah, because this is that freaking... Six foot two hundred and fifty five pounder that caught that front choke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were there were two darces, two really nice darces that happened in the prelim and early prelims. Yeah, this one this one was smooth. It was it Spicely that caught the other one on on Decerco? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. it's the Ital- it was the Italian fighter, right? Yep, Decerco. Right. You don't see a lot of fighters come out of Italy. No, not too many. Know? Um, but yeah, that that one from Gonzalez in the prelims because that was oh, so that was good smooth, they replayed man. it. Yeah, they replayed because, it on the on the prelims card. Yeah, because the the FS1 prelims are going by so fast. Yeah, it was. I mean, the pacing of the card was good. Uh, I mean, so much so that they had to slow it down because the first two fights on the earlys, quick. Yeah, yeah. not a lot of. I mean, 
until we got to a Sun Sal and an Alvi, not a lot of boring decisions. No, not really. Uh, uh, Marcos de Lima gets a knockout, even though he was fat by quite a bit. He's the one that missed. Yeah. Yep. That was. By, he missed by like four and a half pounds. Yeah, that was something I that we needed to talk about. That I brought up in our group message after the weigh-ins on Friday morning. This new weight cutting policy, they're not weight cutting policy, but the weigh-in policy, the early weigh-ins and stuff. We have mm-hmm. seen since they started doing that, we have seen more miss guy guys missing weight than we did like the whole year previously. Already, and they didn't even start doing that till like October. Okay, have you got? Uh, there's I, like a percentage. Oh, more. It's, it's probably out one. there somewhere. We'll take a look. Yeah, at there, it and see there, if there is line, a percentage. But, I gotta look. Uh, but the fact I that should have had my notes better. But well, that's all right. It doesn't matter what the percentages. We know for a fact that people have been missing a lot more um, since these changes have come in from um, st- stemming from IV bands. Um, the the early weigh-ins instead of, you know, and I don't know if it's more healthy for the fighter. I don't know if it's beneficial for them. And it's, we're just in a, a feeling out process and a learning process of how to properly manage the new weigh-in stuff. It's just taking longer than expected. But we are seeing a lot, a lot of fighters miss. So we're talking about like every card uh, or at least three out of four cards we're having at least one miss, and significantly, not just you know a, a half pound or so. This, we're talking four, four, five, six pounds, in some cases, they're missing by him. Um, um, so this was from back in November. Um, uh, between January and May, before the UFC, we're holding early weigh-ins. Um, just one fighter missed weight over 14 cards. Since the implication of the early weigh-ins at UFC 199, uh, 15 fighters have missed weight Crazy. or not made weight due to bad weight cuts over the course of a 22 shows. That was back in the end of November. We've had a lot more we've had since more then. since then. Like I said, I think it's... I think the numbers like of four cards we're having three where there's at least one person, yeah. if not multiple people. Yeah, you know we we're lucky if we get one in four cards where someone doesn't where we get a a full uh, card of not missing weight. It's it's maybe one in five. Yeah, I mean we've had a lot of cards with people multiple people missing weight, and it's yeah. it's just been staggering since I've done this. And I I mean I I was a proponent of the early weigh-ins because I like the fact that it gave them longer to rehydrate. Right in the period, you know, the day before and stuff like that, but it's it's costing a lot lie. of people. Mo- it's costing a lot of people money, a lot of money. It's costing a lot of fights, and that's another thing too. It's then once uh, we have to also tell them this: once they miss, if they miss by X amount, and the as a, and his or her opponent agrees to still have the fight, um, if it's not done, uh, sometimes it's done at a catchweight, but other times. What they do is they they only allow the fighter that missed to gain X amount of weight back. Yeah, they did that. Who was that they did that to? Th- uh, was that? Oh, it was Fat, Fat Astalum. Yeah, yeah. In New York. So if the it's like he's supposed to weigh in at 170 and ends up weighing at 179 or whatever, something ridiculous. What happens is over the next couple of days, he's only allowed to go up. He's only allowed to balloon up uh, to like 185, 197, something really, no. he's not allowed to go up much further. You're right. I, I was wrong because the fat ass thing 
had the fight got got scrapped because he forgot to tell he didn't tell Cowboy and Cow, so they were so far apart. New York wouldn't let him fight. Oh, it okay. was um, Cas- Oliveira. Yeah, Castle didn't even weigh in. No, that, no, 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 no. Yeah, so yeah. Far it was yeah. Oliveira though right, that right. that was because yeah, when yeah. he was supposed to fight, was it Bully? Yeah, when he was mm-hmm. supposed to fight Bully, yep, yep, yep. the fucking Big Macs and shit, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't let him. They they put him on that that you can only weigh in because you were so yeah. fat over. You can only weigh this amount like, by tomorrow. like six pounds yeah. in between then, whereas the um, bully could balloon up to whatever yep. the fuck you wanted yeah. to do, or however, whatever was healthy for him. But they put restrictions on him so that things don't get way out of hand. Yeah. You know, if the guy weighs in at 10 pounds more during a cut, or 8 pounds more during a cut, he's going to end up being about 16 pounds to 18 pounds more after they balloon back up and after rehydrate. they rehydrate. Yeah. So that's that's significant. That's another one and a half weight classes, sometimes more like two. Because uh, you know, that's that's just that's just how it works. So But it's I mean it's already cost now, us title fights. Yes. We, we lost we we almost basically could have lost the Holloway and and uh Showtime fight. Yeah. Because Showtime couldn't make weight. Yep. It's just it, it's something's got to change. They got to figure this out, right? Maybe do the weigh-ins a little bit later in the day, maybe instead of doing them so early in the morning. Or I mean, they're doing what three days ahead of time now. No, they do it. They still do it the Friday of, but it's just instead of doing it, they have to go in by ten. Yeah, I think whatever they, time ten or I think time. they have to be in. I think it starts at like nine, and they have to be in by eleven, something like that. Like they have to be weighed in by eleven o'clock, and it's done, and then you can't weigh in after that. Um, some shit like that, but do it. Let them go to like three. Yeah, because he still gives them plenty of hours to rehydrate before the the bullshit ceremonial wins that don't even matter they anymore. Do, yeah, they don't. There's no reason. Or just go back to having them weigh in at the ceremonials. Either one. Yeah. Whatever. I don't care. But this system is not working. Try something different. It's costing a lot of fighters. It's putting a lot of fighters in danger. It is. They will go to extreme lengths at that point to m- drop down those few extra pounds. Or the guys that are so heavy, and still you know still taking the or getting the fight, that puts people, especially in these small weight classes. Oh yeah, that puts a lot of people in danger, man. Sure does. It does, and it's too bad because that's those numbers are staggering. When you got a, a Charles Oliveira lay, weighing in at uh, one hundred and fifty some pounds. And bullies, you know, making making one thirty four. Yeah, you know, he he weighed in like under. Yeah, one hundred thirty four pounds. And uh. bully fights at forty five, doesn't he? Yeah, because he was challenging Aldo. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. forty five. So, but still, Either, a whole uh, a whole entire weight class it was another weight class. Yeah, up. and then they still gave him another few pounds to gain back. So it was just like, what the hell? Oh, crazy. Crazy. So that was... Uh, That's a card overall, uh, you know, solid B plus A. Yeah. Yeah. yeah outstanding. Uh, outstanding night. So as we talked about at the beginning of the show, we're going to be doing another fight night with the Joes for this coming Saturday's fight card uh, from Houston, Texas. We have the re- return of the Korean zombie, Chan Sung Jung, taking on number nine, Dennis the Menace Bermudez. Uh, we haven't seen zombie in three and a half years uh, his last fight was back in 2013 when he took on Jose Aldo for the featherweight championship and uh, lost because of TKO injury. Uh, was Took some time off, had 
at least one shoulder surgery, if not two, and uh, was getting ready for his return to the octagon when the Korean military came knocking and we lost Zombie for two years. Yeah. Um, while very excited to have Zombie back, I, I was a big fan of the Zombies. Um, loved the the you know the twister finish. The only twister finish in UFC history. Yeah. When he was when he was hitting that uh, that twister, and we seen it coming. You know, Joe, uh, I think it was Rogan that was calling the fight. Was going past. He's got a twister. He's gonna hit a twister. He's got a twister. It was awesome. <laughs> just you know, it was geeking out. Yeah, he was like he was like Jim Ross going crazy for Stone Cold. You know, stutter, stutter, twister, twister. <laughs> By, By God. God! <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, like like I said, I'm very excited for the return of the Korean Zombie. I had so much. But what are we gonna see in the cage out of the man after three and a half years off? Dennis Bermudez is not a joke. No, no joke at all. He is a hell of a fighter. He's very talented all the way around. Zombie, I don't know if there's, there might be some rust there. You, know, you gotta, you gotta imagine that there's, there's a possibility. There's definitely having some rust there. Definitely, I mean, especially for that long of a layoff and three who knows, plus years. Who knows what, uh, what kind of training he was, you yeah. know, able to get in while he was in the military? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's, this is a hard one for me to pick because um, we haven't seen him in so long. He hasn't had a fight in so long. He might have some rust on here. I'm almost tempted to pick against him and this fight just because he needs a fight coming back to sort of get himself back into ring shape into octagon shape and then we can go from there um so i'm kind of leaning towards the fact that uh bermudez is going to take this only because he bermudez is a tough fighter uh he's a hell of a he's a hell of a fighter and he's been in there and doing it yeah, seven, seven. I believe it was seven fights. Seven since, fights uh, since uh, Zombie's been back in the cage. So he's been Bermudez. active, very. Whereas uh, and Zombie fighting, hasn't, and fighting good guys. I mean, yeah, absolutely. You know, he's he's his two losses outside of the Ultimate Fighter finale in the UFC were to uh, what was it? Oh yeah, Jeremy Even, Stevens and yeah, Jeremy yeah. Stevens and, and Ricardo Lamas. You know, nothing, nothing to be. No, two and so incredible fighters, and he's he's coming off two wins against uh, uh, Kawajiri and, and Hani. Uh, so, uh, Berm, uh, you know what? I'm just gonna have to. I mean, I don't, I don't think Zombie's gonna win this one, um, but that doesn't take away from the fact that I'm excited to have him back. I'm I'm thrilled to have Zombie back in there. I think he needs this fight to sort of shake that rust off. He's probably gonna end up losing it by decision. Um, that's, uh, yeah, I see Bermuda's you know, probably taking him down to the ground, using his wrestling and yeah. just laying on top of him. Uh, yeah, Bermuda's takes this one, but we got the zombie back, and as we go on in his next fight that he gets booked, um, I'm going to revisit him and uh, go from there. Six-inch reach advantage for the zombie. Yeah, crazy, right? If he That's 72 inches for 145-pounder. Yeah, man. That's that's a reach. Yep. That's That's good. I'm, a, I'm pretty excited about the co-main event of this. This card on paper, like overall on paper, is a really exciting, fun card. Yeah. Whether or not these fights all end up just going to decision and being boring remains to be seen. But 
nonetheless, like I, looking at it, they look like there's a lot of fun, exciting fights on here. And uh, got number twelve Alexa Grasso making her uh, getting her second fight in the UFC. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a, a tough veteran in Felice. Oh, yeah. She's been around for a long time. I mean, Felice has fought everybody fought, in the 150 yeah. pound division. Uh, if they got a name at 150 pounds, Felice is fodder. Outside of maybe Joanna, I mean, she's she was on the Ultimate Fighter. She's fought girls like Tisha Torres and, mm. and Beck Rollins. And, yeah. Uh, I think she's fought Esparza. Pretty sure she fought Paige. Felice has seen... Kaylin Curry. The, what the, the cream of the of the, uh, the 150-pound crop is. Her last two fights are Curran and Van Zant. Oh, she's only... Okay, so she's only fought... Uh, Lisa Ellis, Van Zandt, and Kayla. In the Kayla. UFC. In the UFC, but then yeah. the, the fight's on the on the show. Exactly. And she's, she you know had a pretty good career in Invicta before that. Felice Harry's been around for a long time. And she's a very, very smart fighter. Gorgeous girl, too. Mm. Oh, my God. Beautiful. I love me some Felice Harry. Uh, but Alexa Grasso is coming in very highly touted. She's very, very talented. She's a tough Tough fight for anyone. Great and she's, boxing. She's the next. She's being groomed as the next contender. Yeah, her. You know, they want within the next five fights of Grasso. They want her and Joanna together. I think so. I mean, she's got some tough, tough competition to get, oh, absolutely. get over. But yeah, she's, I think that's the plan. She's she's one of the girls that they're trying to build up the, the division around with yeah. the Watersons and if Paige Manzant can ever keep it together for more than uh, you know a fight or two. Exactly. Van Zant's extremely marketable, but she's just she's not getting it done in the ring. Too much outside interference, too many yeah. outside projects, I think. But that's uh, we'll talk about her when she comes up next. But Grasso, um, Grasso's the, the up and comer uh, representing Mexico as well. Her and uh, Bantamweight Arena uh, Eldana come out of the same camp, and Eldana's a, a pretty highly. Where are touted. they from? Uh, Guadalajara. Mm, okay, excellent. Yeah. Excellent. I got Grasso taking. This I do one. too. I think. You know, I think there's a potential. Uh, Grasso there's potential here for out. a knockout. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, but either way, Grasso's going to continue on. It's going to be her second win in as many fights in the UFC. Felice Herrig. She's going to hold on. She's got her spot. You know, she'll she'll continue to be that. Um, that uh, what's that? Can you scroll down for me a little bit? I just want to see some of the. Yeah, I want to see the grappling. Oh, okay. I'm interested to see what happens if this fight goes to the ground. Um, I mean, Grasso did okay with her. You know, she she hit fifty uh, percent of her takedowns in her last fight. But Felice, mm-hmm. Felice has got some sub potential. She she works. Sure. She comes from uh, the Jeff Kern camp. Um, you know, Jeff Kern is a, a pretty good uh, BJJ yeah. fighter and com- competitor, former uh, UFC WEC fighter. So, and I believe Bellator as well. So she's got the potential of that, and, and I don't know what Grasso really can do on the ground. So that's that's kind of the... see her tested, too. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I want yeah. to see is what, what she's got on the ground. What happens, how she responds, how she reacts, how uh, if she can get out of it. I you know, I'd like to bump, see that. I keep bumping that cable. <laughs> I had to move mine sideways i had it attached but every time i moved this i could hear it yeah i think we're gonna have to move you i think what i'm gonna do before saturday is i'm just gonna kind of tuck it around that corner a little bit and gotcha. then I'll give it a little bit of uh so it's not like leaning over my lap so much uh-huh and i'm not yeah doing that 
I, I, Growing pains for the average Joe's I MMA talk, show. I talk with my hands. Same here. A lot. I, I'm like Ricky Bobby. I just don't know what to do with my hands. With my hands. So I bumped the mic cable. Yeah, excited for this fight. Um, excited. Th- this fight's good, too. Uh, Abel Trujillo and James Vick. Trujillo coming back off of... Uh, Let's take a look off. at Abel. Did he play this last fight? It's been a minute since we've seen Abel. We haven't seen him since May. May. And he's on a three-fight win streak. Okay, yeah. So he, this After is dropping three, that one to Tony. Yep, beating Glazen T. I forgot about the Glazen T-Bow fight. Yeah, that one was kind of... Uh, there was something happened to that one. There was a disqualification. What, what Something went down. I don't remember what it was, but something hinky went down. Oh, shit. I don't recall. I don't remember it offhand. What it was did, in November of 2015. Glazen T-Bow get DQ'd for? I don't recall. Was it a legal knee? Might have been. Might have been an illegal knee. I, I really don't, I honestly don't remember what it was, but I do remember something crazy went down uh, that night. So, while Jeff looks up that, uh, Edward Trio is coming off a three-fight win streak right now, going into this fight against James Vick, who, uh, in the UFC, uh, he's he's five of his last six. He lost his last fight, uh, quick round one knockout by Benil Dariush. Vic has, so he's coming off of a loss, but uh, he holds uh, uh, five victories in the UFC, and he's uh, uh, has he's touted as a an, uh, an extremely good boxer, but he's won more of his fights by submission than anything else. So we get to see someone that it sounds to me like is going to have Abel Torrio, who's a hell of a striker, strong, strong fighter uh, against James Vic, who's kind of uh, he's more wiry. And uh, as a six-inch reach advantage, he's got that long, lean, wiry frame. So we're going to see someone who's who's got great submission skills against a guy that's got killer striking and obscene power. It's going to be a classic fight, and I think we're going to get some good some a good fight out of these two. This was that fight. Glyson Tebow won by submission, but Trujillo never tapped, and then Tebow ended up saying, "Yeah, he never tapped." And he ended up getting it uh, overturned. Oh, okay. I knew something crazy went on. I don't remember what it was, but I knew there was something nutty that went on with those two. Yeah. It was um, really weird. What do you think about these two? Yeah, Keith Peterson stopped it. Uh, rear naked choke, and then Trujillo protested when the referee stopped the fight, and then T-Bow later admitted he didn't feel his opponent tap. So the Brazilian commission said they would review it if review the decision and obviously they did and and the DQ yep uh I think this is gonna I think Abel's gonna continue on I've got Abel on this one too I think he's too dominant too strong uh striking is too good and I think that uh, Vic is gonna have gonna have a bad night yeah I, I like this uh this little tear that Abel's been on yeah and it's had a resurgence since that loss to Tony uh, it was a Darst that Tony hit on him, wasn't it? Second yeah, round, Darst second took. Round, beautiful, beautiful uh, technique there from Tony Ferguson. Yeah, he pieced up Abel Trujillo pretty good. I was worried about Tony in that one, if you remember. I do. I was like, ooh, I'm bro. worried about Tony in a lot of fights, though. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, <laughs> who is this cat? 
Shadow Man? No, Vulcan also Demar. I don't even know, man. He's a Swiss guy who sounds well, like a Russian name, but he's taking on OSP. OSP is fighting a new cat that we've never seen this before. This was supposed so. to be Jan Blahovich, if I remember right. Yeah, we got and a last-minute stand Yeah, something happened. Yeah. Blahovich got pulled off. So OSP has a guy that we really can't comment on because we don't know anything about him. So OSP, by, OSP coming off of that uh, knockout loss to Jimmy Manawa. That was sick. Yeah, I picked OSP in that fight. I think I did, too. I think Ryan's the only one that did pick him. I'm pretty sure that we both, you and I both picked him. I, know, I was very, because yeah. Jimmy Manoa wasn't that impressive in his fight previous before that. OSP has, has lost three of his last four, whereas his, you know, his That was opponent, the first time I think I'd ever been impressed with Jimmy Manoa. His opponent, like we said, has never had a fight. Yeah, coming in on short notice. Hard to say. Not really looking too good in his favor. I'm going to go with OSP. Um, I don't know. Again, another couple fighters that... Yeah, Anthony Hamilton, I've seen. He's Marcel Fortuna, I don't know anything about, so we'll... This is the one that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, this is... uh, Ah, she cut her hair. She did. She did, yes. Uh, Angela Hill finally getting your opportunity to fight in the UFC again uh, after the USADA um, four-month ban yeah. was taken off. Yeah, she got the exemption. Yeah, she got the exemption. Not that she was on anything, obviously. We want to stress that because people right. hear USADA and exemptions and Brock and blah, yeah. blah, blah. It's not all bad news, guys. No. She just This fight was supposed to happen a while ago, but she couldn't give in because she was a short-notice opponent and she had already been in the UFC, so she's required to take uh, testing with USADA for four months. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> required to take testing with USADA for four months and they wouldn't give her an exemption for the fight, and then uh, they finally came around and gave her the exemption to come in, open up the uh, the main card against number five, Jessica Andrade. Tough fight to come into for Jessica Oh, man, Angel. absolutely. This is not a cakewalk at all. No, I mean, Angela Hill is a scrappy fighter. She's two and two. She's had to relinquish, but was the Invicta 115-pound champion. I'm looking forward to seeing her in this fight. Uh, Jessica Andrade is definitely a, a tough fighter, but I think Angela Hill is going to body her, man. I think she's just going to have some superior striking and let it all go. Well, Hill's got the got an advantage in the fact that Andrade cuts a ton of weight to go down to 115. She's yeah. got hard weight cuts. Yeah. She's a big girl who was just a little She should too be a 125-pounder. They should yeah. have that division well, for her. Yeah, that's it. She was just too yeah. small for the Bantamweight division. Couldn't do 35. She's tough. Yeah, tough oh, absolutely. Girl. And absolutely. she's been on fire since she came down to 115. Nothing bad to say about Jessica Andrade. She's no. a fun fighter to watch. She's a tough, tough fighter. She, her last two victories over uh, Penny and, and Calderwood. Yeah, I mean, her last fight at 135. The only losses against Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> You can't say nothing bad about that. No. You know, Rocky tapped her out in the second round, but who cares? That's a she's still the number five straw weight in the world. Yep. And so. yeah, and I mean that was her last fight at thirty five, two yeah. was against Rocky, so she's dropped out ever since and she's been doing Classic well. Classic example of a fighter that would benefit from a one twenty five weight class. Yeah. She is built for one twenty five. Yeah, there are there are plenty of girls who are fighting at hundred and thirty five. Either fighting at 135 that are too small for it or yeah. are cutting drastically to like, fight at 115. And she is the, the latter. Yeah. Well, I, I still like Angela Hill in this one. I think her debut is going to prove to be extremely 
uh, extremely positive for her. I think she's going to have too much striking, too much speed, and uh, take care of business. I think if she can weather the early storm, because that's what Andrade is going to come through with, is uh, early, early barrage of, yeah. of punches and stuff. Just try to be a steamroller. Yep. Gotcha. I think if she can, I think if she can do that, I think that weight cut's going to come into a factor into the cardio of Jessica Andrade, and we will see. There's one more fight I want to talk about on this card. This is a. There's a lot of really good uh, women's 115 pound yep. fights on this card. Absolutely, it's great. Yeah, it's uh, outstanding. Kicking off the FS1 prelims will be number six Tisha Torres taking out a, a favorite of mine and Rowdy Beck Rollins. Oh, I love that girl. I love Rowdy Beck. I love Tisha Torres, too. I like Tisha. I think she's awesome. Tisha's talking about retirement. She wants to start a family. Yeah. Her and Rocky. Yeah. yeah. And Ryan, I can't talk about Ryan's feelings on his girl's girl. Yeah, well. Sorry, Kara. This is going to be a fun fight. This, this is going to be a lot of fun. This is a rematch. These guys have fought before. And obviously. Uh, These two have fought in, uh, I believe it was an Invicta. They haven't fought it? in the UFC. Oh, okay. Let's see what Tisha's coming off of right now. She's uh, lost to Rose. Off Rose, but that uh, won three in a row before that. Jones Liebarger, uh, uh, Angela yes. Hill, and uh, Mag- Magana. Yep, Angela Mag- or, uh, yeah, Angela Magana on the Ultimate Fighter finale. Tisha got upset by Angela Hill, I think, on the show because Tisha was like the heavy favorite to win the the strawweight. Um, Ultimate Fighter. Mm-hmm. Carla was the Invicta champion, but they said she was ducking Tisha forever. And then Tisha choked in like one of the early preliminary fights. I think it was Angela Hill, maybe. Gotcha. But she got her revenge. Did get her revenge. And Beck is two and two in the USC. Couple yeah, wins. Yeah, off that knockout loss to yeah. Yeah, she. Paige looked good that night. She did, but I think this is a this is a different Beck too. I think she's. She's regrouped quite a bit. She's been training at Alliance. Um, been over here training at Alliance for a little while now, um, going back and forth between That's Australia. That's kind of big for 115. She could definitely do a 125. Yeah, for again. sure. You know, um, I like Beck in this one. I know she's not – I know Teach is ranked way ahead of her, but uh, I still think that, that Beck is too big, too strong, and ends up taking this one um, either on the – I don't know. She might even take it on the ground, but I think she's going to end up – I uh, think finishing this fight. I think on the ground the advantage kind of goes to Tisha and her wrestling. I think so. Tisha's I mean, got Tisha's got good wrestling. Yeah, Beck's. I mean, look at Beck's got almost sixty percent of her yeah, wins she, by submission. Yeah, Tisha, Tisha doesn't have very good jits, but she's got she's great got, freestyle wrestling. Yeah, she's a good wrestler and good ground and pound. Um, but yeah, Beck's dangerous on the ground. Definitely dangerous on the ground. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with Beck in this one. Yeah. Okay. I tend to. Just kind of ride with Beck anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think she's going to do great in this fight. And, um, you know, Tisha wants to, to retire and, and go to that family. Once you start talking about that and thinking about that, your mind kind of wanders to that. Yeah. You can't have those kind of thought processes and still continue on being a fighter in the cage. It's got to be everything or nothing if you're fighting. Nunez is saying the same thing, though, too. That's crazy, isn't it? I know. That's crazy. It is pretty nuts. Nunez is the prime of her life. She's a champion. She's going to hold on to that belt for a while. There's, And she wants to give it up and go home with uh, Nina. Nina and start a family. Yep. Uh-oh. Crazy. It is pretty nuts to think about. Yeah. Who do we got in the earlies? Uh, Nico Price and... Uh, that's Man 
bun kid. Yeah, man bun. Douche man, sp- yeah, douche. Alex, <laughs> Alex Morno. And then yeah. what's the other fight? Oh, oh yeah. Junior. Yeah. Cahill Roundtree and Daniel Jolly. Yeah. I like Cahill, Cahill Roundtree. Right. He was, uh, I believe he was part of the Ronda Misha cast. It's a scary looking dude right there. Yeah, he does look kind of scary. The werewolf, werewolf of Texas. Texas. <laughs> it doesn't have any of his record or anything on there because you know, it apparently it doesn't come out till night. Jesus, that is, a, is some scary looking dudes. Yeah, this could be a this could be a heavy handed banging fight. Yeah, we're uh, have we've decided where we're gonna pick up and start recording at. Um, we're just gonna do the the. We should uh, probably do these four. Well, we're definitely. I, I mean, I, I figure we'll probably uh, we do gotta the, do that one. We'll probably do the whole main car, but yeah. I didn't know if we'd start with FS1, like the main FS1 with Milstead. Paul Milstead and Blades is a pretty interesting fight. Or no, it's Adam. Adam, Milstead. yeah. I thought it was Paul. Uh, the prototype. Six fights, you know, because we're gonna probably see a few. Oh yeah. Decisions, so um, we should probably just do these. Okay. We're going to be, by the time we get to these guys, it's going to be 12, 31 o'clock, and we're going to be, like, dragging ass again. It's true. That's so, a good point. We'll do those, but uh, this should be a fun, fun night for us. I think so. I think yeah. that, I mean, like I said, on paper, this card has the potential to, to be, uh, it's really good matchups. It was better when it was St. Prue and uh, Jan Blahovich, but... That's all right. There's a lot of great women fighters. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Women the, the strawweight fights are probably the ones that are going to steal the show. Yeah, definitely. Um, Andrash and Hill have has the chance to steal the show for sure, if not uh, Grasso and Herrig. I think, you know, Torres and Rowdy have and, a good exactly. potential, too. I mean, yeah. you know, they're buried at the beginning of the card. Yeah, but they still have... Uh, they still have a lot of potential in that Definitely. fight to be an amazing fight to watch. So uh, I'm looking forward to this one. Um, I look forward to see Trejo fight again. I'm definitely looking forward to see uh, Zombie back. So we're going to have a lot of fun that night, man. Yeah, man. We're going to have a lot of fun that night. We're going to have Ryan with us. We have Tony in the house. Yeah, dude. It's going to be it's gonna be a good night. Awesome. Good night. Um, so we, we, got, we got some questions. We did get some questions this week. We got uh, a question from Dale. So I'm gonna go ahead. Uh, he kind of asked two questions, but they're they're almost uh, almost the same. So we're we're gonna go through. Uh, and his first question was: So in light of all the new money issues, fighters wanting more, four billion dollar loan payments, etc. Uh, CTE and now the styling more of uh, more towards like WWE stuff. He said, "I fear the UFC is tr- in troubled waters. How solid are my fears?" And to back that up. This is kind of the same thing, but we're going to go through it again. With the failed doping tests, major fighters not making weight, um, silly interim belts everywhere. Jeff, Jeff, Yeah, the bullshit titles. Yeah, the bullshit titles everywhere. Bellator's payoffs, the stupid Reebok deal and WWE-style drama. Um, uh, When is the UFC going to regain some of its legitimacy? The Bellator thing, I don't think, isn't isn't so much of a concerning thing to me because they're not snagging huge names. I mean, they are snagging big names, but Benson Henderson was on his way down. Rory McDonald probably was not going to be challenging for the title again anytime soon. Um, Coming off of two terrible losses in a row like that and the way Wonderboy beat the shit out of him, I, I just... I didn't think he was he was good, and that was three three losses in a row. Yeah, um, and 
Larkin will be a huge signing for them. That's a score. That's a big yeah. score for them for sure. So is Shirkinoff. If, he goes, if they get Misha Shirkinoff, I think Shirkinoff will be back in the OC. Okay. I, I think Larkin has the potential, but we'll see what happens. But so that that's I don't really take in a factor because they're getting they're getting guy other free agents from other areas like our Tom Duke and Waz and yeah. like we said Justin if Justin Gagey and Marlon Morass and, and David Branch all end up in the UFC that's that's going to be the big especially big David blow. especially David Branch yeah I mean that that fills that spot right there for Lorenz Larkin right and the one seventy is a pretty deep division anyway right oh yeah now. so yeah. it's a name that hurts but. Um, it's something uh, that this kind of went with something that Rich was bringing up too, is where he, we're talking about the WWE style stuff and um, they're trying to promote bigger stuff. What's going on in this guys is the fact that Ronda's on the verge of retirement. Connor's adamant to the fact that his next fight is going to be in a boxing ring with Floyd Mayweather Jr. That's your big, big sellers stars. right there. Period. Yep. You've got they've got nothing else, so they're scrambling to try to build someone else through any means necessary, whether it's in the cage, whether it's doing promos, whether it's a, a wrestling style, yeah, traditional wrestling style way of building a star. Yeah, this is a four million dollar or four billion dollar sale that went down. They need to regroup some of that money. Yeah. over the course of the next five years, they have to start bringing in a significant amount of million dollars pay per view right. sales. Uh, more so, and with the biggest stars out, they're scrambling right now. I'm sure they're nervous behind the scenes on what they're going to do and who's going to jump in that role. That's why we're seeing guys like John Jones coming off of so much shit that he had and all these suspensions, and now he's coming in and he's getting a big spot right away. Let's save that for after we finish Dale's point because that oh, was okay. something I wanted. Well, not, I mean, you can finish your point, obviously, yeah. but I mean, well, the, the whole John I, Jones scenario is something yeah, I wanted to go not, into anyway. But that's not anything about him in particular. It's just the fact that they're, they want guys that can, that are in that range of – of 700 to 900k and that's where Jones falls in guys like him that's where he lands well not only do they want to they want to recoup the money they have they have debt they got to pay off now absolutely they are they have payments they have to make back mm-hmm. to that that 4.2 billion dollars yeah that didn't just come out of pocket no no. You know, there was loans, there was yeah. deals made, there was promissory notes signed, there was a lot of shit going on right where you know you I'm the one of the biggest, especially on this show, of screaming about these bullshit titles. But we're gonna keep getting them because if fights don't happen, they gotta sell pay per views. It, it sucks, but the Fertitta era is over. Yeah, it's done, and we can lament about it all we want, or we can try to adapt and just see where this ride goes. Remember, for, for I mean. A lot of people probably weren't around, but but the, when the UFC went through the change from the no holds barred style to the to the unified rules yeah. and stuff, being a recognized sport, it instead was of just a, a, a a show. Right, it was a transition period, and when the Fertitas bought it and the, the new Zufa era started, it was a transition period. It took some time to catch its stride. There was a lot of this feedback then right. about it not being the same as it used to be and it's uh, things are changing and it's changing too fast and it's not what it, you know what it was. And and WMEIMG could absolutely fail. Definitely. Um, 
And, you know, Rich Rich makes a point that a lot of people I've seen similar things where he says that, you know, it's really frustrating to him having watched the Fertitta era for so long and, and loved it and enjoyed it so much. And now that um, now that they're gone, things are changing too fast. Yeah, uh, but we have to come along on the ride uh, and give them the opportunity to excel or fail uh, before we judge them too soon. Right. Uh, no, I don't like the fact that there's so many interim titles being thrown around, but if that's the extent of what I don't like about things coming through here, I think we're going to be okay. Because eventually those titles come go away. Right. They're not permanent. They, they're they're going to disappear. Um, one of the main problems now is um, since fighters have seen a guy like Connor come in and make so much money so fast and do amazing things. They think that they are deserved those kind of big money fights, right. even though they haven't sold them and don't and haven't earned them. Connor sold before he started demanding money. For sure, he proved that he could do it. Um, by his third fight, he was already selling seven hundred fifty thousand. By his fourth, five and six, whatever, he made it up to a million by six. Yeah. Then and, I mean, he was doing really great TV numbers, insanely great. And by that's when, once he proved that he could sell, that's when he started demanding money. Tyron Woodley has never sold five hundred thousand buys based off of his main event. No. And when he wins the title, he says, "Now I'm only going to do money fights." Now you haven't earned it. All these guys are coming. And I can't say all, but there's so many guys that Nate are coming Diaz in demanding for money t- fights for twenty million dollars a fight, like. Why? He hasn't earned it. He didn't sell that fight. Connor, if that saw, fight sold 1.6 million, 1.2 came from Connor, 400 came from Nate. Maybe. That's a fair number. That's fair. I, yeah. I might even say it's lower. It could be. But but but, but yeah, to your point, that's I a, think I think Nate Diaz is if he was a main event with someone that would sell 400,000 buys. Yeah. I think I don't think you're getting much more than that out of Nate. No. And the fact that Connor made him Made him fucking all that money. That's yeah. all based off him. So these guys that want to demand all this high money and all these high-profile fights, go out and do do it. If you want it the way Conor has it, do it like Conor did it. Earn yourself in there through five, six, seven fights. Show that you can put a million buys on the board. Then you get paid. Yep. That's fair. Is that not the way it should be? I, you know? I'm not disagreeing. I think right. it's fair. I, I think we all just kind of need to pump the brakes a little bit and just ride this out. Yeah. See yeah. what happens. There are changes, guys, but you, I know you guys that are upset with it and are, are not enjoying it. I know you are fight fans down to the bone. And I know that you may be a little frustrated with things now, but you love to watch the fighters. There's still great young fighters up and coming. There's still great fights being put on. There's still some good to be had. So just pump the brake, yeah. like Jeff says, and just kind of ride this wave out. Just see what well, happens. See what ha- only, it's only been a few months. We're only a few months in. Yeah. We're only a month into the new year. You know, a lot of things, there's a lot of shit piling up. I mean, one champion just had knee surgery. Uh, one champion was pissed because he wasn't getting paid enough. Yeah. Uh, the 145 division is a fucking mess. Right. 55 is becoming a fucking mess. Yeah. It, it, it just let things shake out the way that they do we got to bite the bullet on these interim titles it just makes more pay-per-views when you do champion versus champion yeah uh that's when you have those when you could say the challenger against the champion 
whether it's the interim champion or not. Right. You know how it is. You know that headline. That headline looks better. It definitely does. As, I mean, as a champion on the card. We know that that's what happened for 206. There was an all bullshit just to try to save that pay-per-view. Yeah. But when you got to pay a shit ton of money, you know, 100, oh, yeah. 100 mil or whatever it is this yeah. quarter or some shit like that. Crazy. Like. You, you got, make your money where you can make it. You got to make that cheddar, man. You start doing that WWE style stuff and putting it on uh, Fight Pass to get more subscribers. The, the people that want to watch the the reality stuff and the uh, the behind the, the unfiltered stuff and the looking for a fight, they start putting more of these uh, these scrums and uh, whatever else on uh, on Fight Pass to get more subscribers there. Right. That's another outlet for or another input for money. Yeah, They're doing whatever they can to make money in every step. Right, and that's what it's going to be about for the, the the foreseeable future is making money, and it's not going to be about the best fight. It's not going to be about this. That's going to be about the the one that generates the most money. Yeah, and we're just going to have and to deal with that. Unfortunately, if if you can't deal with it, then you're not going to be happy. Maybe you do need a break. Yeah. But and you can always shut it off and walk away. Come back. There's other MMA you can watch. Yeah, we're getting a lot of. Uh, you know, Jeff and I have been watching and trying to keep an eye out for a lot more uh, MMA aside from the UFC. And one was World Series of Fighting. That brings us into a story that we got yeah. coming up. Um, yeah, World Series of Fighting got uh, some new investors this week. Uh, and it, it had been talked about for a while that uh, th- th- it was looking pretty grim. They had canceled their last event after... Yeah. Coming off a really big event for them where they had four title defenses on the New Year's Eve card, New Year's Eve day. Um, but, you know, between free agency, losing guys like Justin Gagey, uh, Marlon Mraz is, is gone. I mean, mm-hmm. they're putting up the Bantamweight title, so he's probably signed with the UFC or in the middle of contract disputes with them. Or negotiations, I should say. Uh, 170 pound David Branch is gone. John Fitch is retired. That's four yeah. champions that are... Right. Either free agents and on their way out, or have vacated their title due to retirement. So, uh, but they have uh, they have. So it was looking like they were probably possibly be shutting down. Um, but new investors have breathed some light and some life into the WSOF. Uh, Twenty five yep. million dollars uh, was this investment group that they uh, put 30, in. Thirty one individuals. Yeah, that's being said. Thirty one backers. Um, for that twenty five million went to sixty percent ownership to this this backing organization. Yep. So, and a lot of that I think is just going to go into uh, buying time slots with NBC and NBC Sports. Yes. Yep. They have to put a product out there for people to watch. Otherwise, there's no sense in, in having this organization out there. They need to start being smart though, and stop trying to do events the same weekend as the UFC. Um, you know, they'd be smart. There's plenty of Saturdays coming up where the UFC doesn't have events. Right. Maybe I mean, if they get desperate, they can try a Friday night thing. After this week, we've, you know, after we've got this little stretch of three weekends in a row, and then we got like two weeks off at the end of February before we go to uh, 209. But that's on March, like, 8th, yeah. 4th, 8th. There might be a fight night. Right. Might I, be a I fight think there might be a, a one fight night in there. In the be- very beginning of March, yeah. I think. Because I think... Uh, yeah, I think there's I think there's one the 4th, March 4th. Yeah, I think you're right. 
So either way, I mean, you got some opportunities. Jump on those because Bellator is yep. running on those Friday nights, so you don't have to worry about that as competition for you. Don't try to go up against the UFC. That's like the that's CF. Dumb. That's CFL versus NFL. Like, right. There's just, no sense that you're making. You're not winning. You're trying to split the the audience, and you're going to get maybe two percent right. of that audience. Right. Ninety eight percent is going to go to the UFC. Yeah. That's just the way it is. Oh, for sure. But we're this just goes to the fact, like I was saying before, to start this thing. It was uh, you and I have been trying to watch like uh, World Series Rising TKO. Yeah, I watched Bellator you know. last Friday night. Yeah, same uh, here, except for the main event because that was shit. But. Uh, got to see a uh, Michigan boy, Gerard Trice, yeah, uh, yep. who's a 205 competitor for Bellator and uh, was a former CMU Chippewa uh, national uh, wrestler, All-American. Oh, back just popped. That felt great. I wonder how Ryan's back's doing right now. He's probably being a crybaby. Little pussy. Uh, do you want to go back to that DC story, and then we can tie that in with that John Jones thing? Yeah, um, just, uh, we've already really talked about that one. Yeah. But, yeah, the, <laughs> this might be the dumbest thing I've heard all week. Yeah, so Daniel Cormier has gone on record as saying that he, uh, isn't planning on using his wrestling against, uh, Anthony Johnson, he's just going to try to box him. I hope this is sarcasm. I really do, too, because but otherwise. it didn't look like it. Otherwise, DC... DC just wants to lose this fight, apparently. Because... I guess he's tired of being champion because if he's going to try to stand toe-to-toe with Rumble Johnson, Rumble Johnson, give me a fucking break. Yeah, dude, you barely, you're lucky that you made it out of that first fight and then that Rumble, that you took him down and Rumble gassed out and you choked him out. That, when, when you went on record during that post-fight show and said, Rumble hit me once and his whole face, the side, one side of his face was fucked. And he said, Rumble hit me harder than anything that's ever hit me in my entire life. And that was, what, two years ago? And that was one shot. Right. But I think that was that was DC yeah. two oh, yeah. years ago. Right. How many injuries now and exactly. how much older? Like, dude, you want to get hit like that again? He's not going to last. He's not going to – that one shot's going to kill him this time. You're going to look like Glover Teixeira, except for it's going to take another – it's going to take like six more weeks for someone to wake you up. I don't think anyone hits hard. If anyone – maybe Mark Hunt – would be the only one I would think that hits harder than Rumble. Probably, maybe. You know, maybe. And that's, you know, we're talking uh, the difference of 60 pounds for Mark Hunt's favor. You know, Rumble's only 205. Yeah, Mark Hunt cutting. Yeah, right. <laughs> let's, let's face it, Mark's probably about a 305 yeah. walking around. Yeah. You know, if DC really does this, there's no reason for him to fight anymore because he's using the absolute worst strategy to go into a championship fight with. He's going to get knocked out stupid. It's, yeah, he's done. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, I don't see why he would ever want to do that. The only way he's going to beat a guy like Rumpel is to wrestle him down and not get punched. Right. Stay away Tire from that him punch. Out. Absolutely. Do get, not get hit at all. Get off your feet as fast as possible. The, exactly how he did it the first time. Right. That's the only way he's going to end up winning. Sands getting hit in the face. Man. So. I uh, really hope that when he came out with that, was sarcasm. I really do, oh too. Oh, my God. Daniel's, he's a fucking stupid enough person to believe his own hype. I, I actually kind of want to see him try it. So. I kind of want to see him try it. I kind of do, too, because I just don't like him. And I, 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 and I oh. love watching Rumble. I do, too. I love the dude. I think he's so, so much dangerous. fun to watch. So dangerous. Scares the shit out of me just looking at him because he's a scary looking dude. Yeah, I posted pictures early on the page. Did you see him? Uh, 
side like side by side of how Rumble looked at 170. I was just gonna say, do you remember how emaciated oh he looked at 170? Yeah, I, I posted something earlier uh, about that. It was uh, like a four four or six images of uh, the way Rumble used to look and how he was. Uh, let's see if I could. Yeah. Oh yeah. Look at that. I was gonna say, look at him when he fought a heavyweight too. Yeah, I remember. I remember 170 Rumble. It was fucking scary. That's that's, that's sickly. I saw one of his one seven early 170 fights um, on one of my journeys back when I was watching. I don't know how he did that. Christmas when I was kind of going through all those UFC fights, mm-hmm. there was a, like one of them of him fighting at 170, and he just looked disgusting. I think he looks great at 230. Yeah, I think he does too. I mean, it's not as hard. He doesn't have to cut any weight there. I yeah. mean, 205, he still cuts a lot, but. He could make a run heavyweight, I think. I think he tried it, and it didn't work didn't out Didn't work too out too well. well for him. He's just a little too small. Like, he carries enough weight, but. Yeah, it's... but that's different. You know, it's not size. No. You know? No. I mean, would you want to watch him versus Mark Hunt? Kind of. <laughs> I mean, kind of, yeah. I wouldn't want to but... watch him have to face someone like Verdum, though. Right. You know, or uh, or even Kane. Right. I wouldn't want to have to watch him struggle against those two. So Dana came out this week and said that uh, when John Jones comes back, he gets a title shot. Yeah, right away. And that set your brother-in-law off a little bit. Rich right now is just upset about everything in the UFC. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, I, I poked the bear a little. Yeah, I know. He's he's just this UFC like, means a lot to him. I, I get it. I get and, it. Uh, he's he's upset about a lot of stuff, and he's I, at this point everything they do is just just getting under his skin. You know, it's just it's just irking him bad, and you know he was looking for a way somewhere to just to let it out. Yeah. <laughs> I was just in one of those moods. Yeah. Well, and plus, you know, I'm the unapologetic John Jones fan here. It happens, but you know what? Like I said before, and I still believe this, that even though it may not mean victory, there's uh, I, I believe that DC knows John Jones better than anybody else on the planet. Probably. I don't think that necessarily means victory, but I like to, to keep it open, uh, discussion open to what may or may not have, you know, the the... Almost impossible may happen, but there's nobody that knows like that because I think I think DC has has just been infatuated and stalking Jones to the point where you know it was like John Jones made DC. But at the same time, nobody probably knows DC better than John Jones. No, absolutely not, absolutely not. And Greg Jackson, you know, absolutely not. Brandon Gibson. But I I think I'd rather Rumble see John. Rumble. And Jones fight. I think that's the more likely thing you know? that's going to happen. Yeah, and, I'd love to see those well, two fight. I don't even know if DC makes the fight. Let's just let's just. Oh fuck no! But that's another fucked up thing. So yeah, what do we do if DC don't make the fight? Because Bader looks like he's signing with Bellator interim championship. Oh, we know that's happening. It's yeah. going to be an interim championship of whoever versus Rumble Johnson. Yeah. yeah. But who is that interim champion? Yeah. If it, or who is it? What do, if Bader's not going to be able to do it? Then Gus. Gus has got the back issue and the the ass whooping that Rumble already put on him. Glover's got the ass whooping where his it's tooth landed the, in fucking yeah, Iowa. His 13-second ass whooping that Rumble put on him. I mean, you're going to have to go deep into that. OSP, Jimmy Manoa. I mean, Jimmy Manoa got beat by both Gustafson and Glover, I believe. 
OSP it's hard to pick got someone. beat by Jones and then you fucking Manawa beat the, I mean, without John Jones, it's a mess. And that's yeah. where I went into it with Rich. It's like, okay, you, you have a point-ish about him deserving of it, but who the fuck else behind him yeah. that he hasn't beat? Uh, nobody. Yeah, that's the problem is that it doesn't matter that all that stuff that he's done doesn't matter. He's going to get that championship match. He's going to get that top-level fight when he comes back because money. You know why? Because he was money. the most dominating champion in the division's history. He's cleaned it out besides Rumble, and he sells pay-per-views. Money. Money. Ronda's gone, man. Connor's gone. Well, Connor's not gone, but you know you Connor know what I mean. Shelf. Um it makes dollars it makes sense man it's just the way it is it's it's we're going to have to we're going to have to look past everything that that we know about the fight game in terms of who's most deserving and we're just going to have to look at well which two are going to sell the most cuz that's what the matchmakers are going to do now right it's not it's not about you know if, if he deserves it anymore it's not cuz no. does he probably not the ratings not. don't even really matter cuz they're bullshit anyway yeah well who, the UFC has nothing to do with those no it's media members right so why, the only reason they use those numbers is because it looks better to sell the number one and the number two ranked fighters in the world as opposed to the number nine and the not ranked at all. Right. That's they just use them as a uh, as another marketing scheme. Exactly. That's all it is. Um, let's hit one more. Let's hit one more. Do you want to this one, or we should we uh, retract our? Well, okay, we can. We'll, uh, yeah. we'll do a couple. I mean, we we'll should, do a couple more. Yeah, we should probably at least touch we'll on this because more. we were. So we reported about two weeks ago or so that uh, Travis Brown had left the Glendale camp and was now training with the Black Zillions. We applauded that decision, even though the Black Zillions were an absolute shit show mess. But um, he's taking his oh he took his camp to the Black House gym. Why was it saying Black Zillions? I don't know. We kind of got some bad info, and it was. Uh... It wasn't just one site. This was all over the news. This was uh, Bloody Elbow. This was MMA fighting. This was everywhere. Um, yeah, they all said Black Zillions, but now it's saying Black House. Now it's saying Black House, where you got, what, uh, Jacare, Anderson, uh, Anderson uh, Leoto, lots of big names. Yeah. And so he's spending time in at Black House. He's still working with Edmund. Still his coach, still going to be in his corner. Um, he called him one of the most brilliant minds in a high fight IQ. Give me a fucking break. Yeah, he said that fighters have came in that have trained with him, and, and he said that uh, if you scroll down a little, it's, it's, yeah, it is. Uh, it's easy to judge from the outside. Anybody I've ever, I've ever had uh, come to camp with me to work as a training partner is always like, man, Edmund knows what he's talking about. He has a great fight IQ. Really? Because... Bullshit. Head movement. Head movement. That's a fucking great coaching right there. Wow, yeah. Move your head. No, move your head. Give me a fucking break. His fighters are 6-22. and 6-22. and 22. Those numbers speak for themselves. It's just terrible and makes me feel like Beast is going to beat the shit out of Travis Brown anymore. couple more. Yeah. Uh... This one was uh, kind of some interesting uh, things to see. Ashlyn Daly has announced that she is going to be retiring due to medical reasons. Oh, yeah, you might have to go one more. One more? Yeah, my eyes are shit. 
Uh, former UFC uh, Ultimate Fighter competitor and UFC strawweight has announced her retirement via Instagram. She'll be says I. Um, there we go. Uh, this past year, a routine brain scan showed up evidence of an abnormality, the remnant of a small hemorrhage that has taken place at some point in, in the months previous. It would be unlikely I would be medically cleared to compete again, even in the event that I could find a doctor who would clear me. I think it would be very unwise for me to continue to compete with risks involved. Smart. She's taken a lot of damage. She's very smart to do this. Yes. Very this is, smart. This is smart and responsible. She's right. Even if she could find some shady-ass doctor to clear her, that's not the right way to go. One strike difference between life and death when you have abnormalities in your brain. Like Rashad Evans, you who's can't. fighting again. Yeah. You yep. have to know when to stop, guys. You're going to end up being a fucking mushroom. Yep. This is... You don't want to You don't want to waste the second half of your life... Uh, sitting in a, in a chair, unable to move one arm because your cerebral damage is so bad that you lost motor control off half your body. I mean, there's just so much that can go wrong aside from the fact that you could fucking die from this. You know the thing that I, I've noticed, though, is like, just just kind of dawned on me. But You see the the Irish MMA guys like being smart like this. Patty Hulan walked away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ashlyn, there was, yep. there was one other one. I can't think of who it was now. Um... But have all walked away uh, because of potential brain conditions and too many shots. But I think a little bit of that has to do with uh, the safe MMA movement in Ireland as well, where they're Mm -hmm. getting into far more testing and and monitoring brain injuries. Further, uh, deeper testing, more uh, more involved testing, not just a basic scan. They're actually doing so much more right. you know, than just one simple brain scan. They're going deeper and further to find these these abnormalities and these uh, these black spots and the, these things that are uh, conclusive to uh, massive head trauma over a course of X amount of years. Right. You know, repetitive head trauma. Uh, that who knows what's going to happen later on in life because of this. She may be okay right now, but this may evolve now that the damage is already there. Maybe evolve into something further, and you know, pressure on the we brain, and you just don't know. We don't want to see anybody end up like what happened to Ollie. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. We're smarter now. We have technology. We have testing, and she's doing the right thing for her life. Yes, very. Fighting smart is not idea. more important than your life. No, not at all. Um, Hats off to Ashlyn Daly. I hope nothing but the best for her. Yeah. You know, thank you for a great career. Absolutely. And we wish you nothing but the best. Um, so this has kind of been in the news the last few days with uh, Gegard Mousasi's upcoming fight and uh, a little bit of political uh, things that we don't really. Yeah, we don't like often. to touch on politics, like politics, religion, etc. We don't like to touch on. We're going to get all of that in this one right I don't, here. I don't like to deal with that shit. I usually try to steer away from it yeah. as much as possible. Because... But this is kind of important for, and I never realized that it was actually going to touch on something like sports. Right. And, you know, it's just, um, and, you know, you guys follow me on, uh, friends with me on Facebook, That the ones that are friends with me and the ones that follow me. I never, ever post anything political, ever, 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 ever. I don't care 
to unless it's a joke, sometimes I'll do a little humor in there. Right. But I don't put out there what my political views are one way or the other, and I don't, I don't either. denigrate someone else's political views if I agree with them or not. I right. just stay the fuck away from yeah. it entirely. I don't want to talk about it. I'd rather talk about a million other yeah, things. Yeah, exactly. I got, I got plenty of other jokes to tell. Right. I got plenty of other podcasts to share. But this one touched home on us this week in the fight world because uh, our president put on this uh, this travel ban for several uh, Muslim heavy countries. Right now we got we have a Muslim coming up that needs to travel. Yes, and yes, Gegar Mousasi. Yeah, he's got a big fight coming up in New York. Yeah, in New York with uh, Chris Weidman, and there's there's been talk about having uh, issues with him. Um, traveling because of his heritage. Right, because he lives outside of the country. Yeah, so that could pose issues for other fighters. You know, like you mentioned earlier, Habib's uh, Muslim. Yeah, I mean, even though he, I think he does have residency in the U.S. Okay. But uh, I know he travels back to Russia. I'm sure he's going yeah. back around, you know, in the summertime when Ramadan's coming up. Uh, right. You know, he's not he doesn't fighting. fight during that. No. He doesn't you know, fight during the time. So, um this could, I mean, there's there's a we have Iranian fighters, yeah, in the UFC. We have um, I don't know if, if there are some Iraqi fighters. I don't know if we have any from like uh, Syria, Sudan, or Yemen where the other stuff is, but there might be. And even if even if there isn't now, there could be a future fighter that that's going to have difficulty pursuing his dream or her dream to fight in the UFC or or a Bellator somewhere else in the country because of this particular issue and Trump's America. You know, I, I hope I hope to God and I hope to to high hell that it doesn't end up ruining the careers of some of these upcoming because an up and coming fighter who's got nothing but the world ahead of him. Right. Uh, who doesn't want to get involved in this political bullshit from from either side of the politics, whether good or bad. He just or, wants to fight. He just wants to fight. He's trying to get a trying to get up for the 185 pound title. He just wants to fight, man. Yeah, man. So it's pretty sad to see. I don't want um, to to be any part of political for us, but I figured we should touch no, on it because it's, it's important. It's important. Very it really important. is important. No, this is this is the one time I would break my rule for stupid politics and talk about fucking Trump bullshit. It's too bad. Dude. It's it too is. Bad. It sucks. It sucks to watch all of the crazy things that have gone down since January 20th uh, when he took office. Well, I hope, I hope, I hope we did get to see Gaygard and Weidman because uh, that's one of the main reasons why I want that card. Yeah. Those two, oh, man. That's a war. That's going to be amazing. Oh, amazing scary. fight. Scary. Chris Weidman with his back up against the wall, basically. Two really? losses in a row. Right. I mean, even Dana Dana said it, you know. But it's a dangerous place for Gagar Musasi. Yeah. That's a, that's a, a, you know, a trapped animal. Yeah. And he's in his hometown. Well, home state anyway. Home state, yeah. You know, he's, uh, that's uh, the home field advantage for him. If there is such a thing in the UFC, I don't really think it's as important as right. it is in, like, football or something. And we got uh, we got some football this weekend. We do, yes. Yeah. What do, what do you like on there? What do you like uh, in the Super Bowl? I want the Falcons to win. I'm pulling for the Falcons, but uh, hard to pick against Brady, brother. Yes, I know, and I hate Tom Brady, and I hate the Patriots, <laughs> and I hate Bill. It's hard Belichick. to pick against Belichick and Brady. 
But I'm hoping I'm hoping I mean they've lost the last two Super Bowls that they've been in, so I'm hoping maybe Matt Ryan can pull something out. And... Yeah, we have uh, on the video game board I use, the boards boards. Uh, uh gaming site that I've used for years. A lot of us we, we do these uh, uh like uh NHL playoff contests and NFL contests and I picked I picked uh Atlanta Falcons to win. I picked Matt Ryan to be the MVP. And I picked uh, the over, so I picked they would do more than 58 points combined. I picked, uh, I think it was 41. I picked 41 to 21 in favor of Atlanta. Okay. So I got him. I got him whipping some ass this weekend. I like Atlanta. The uh, I like the players on Atlanta. I like Matt Ryan. I like uh, Freeman. I like Julio Jones because I like watching him play. Right. They're a lot of fun to watch play. Definitely. Um, I, I I don't love or hate Brady either way. I'm completely indifferent to him. Um, I wish I could be, but I hate yeah. Him. I just I don't I don't care either way. Um, all I do know is that he's been very successful. Yeah, um, I mean one of the most dominant, if not the most dominant quarterback in NFL yeah. history. Um, uh, there's still a guy like uh, Joe Montana that I think is still a little bit above him because Joe was four known Super Bowls, four MVPs. I mean, yeah. you know he's done it all. Joe Montana was the man, but you know Brady's been doing what fifteen years now, fourteen years now. He's been laying it down oh, quite a while. Yeah, but it's gonna be exciting to watch. I'm hopefully gonna watch that one with Everett, uh, Everett and his dad, or maybe uh, maybe not. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I'm not sure what I'm doing for yeah. the Super Bowl yet. My, it's not like we're we're not like overly excited this I, year. I was just know. saying at work the other day, like. I got yelled at for it. I was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot the the Super Bowls on Sunday." I just haven't. <laughs> I haven't given a shit yeah. about these playoffs. I haven't given a shit about. I mean, I don't really care. I don't. I don't have a, a, a stake in either team. You know, I don't. I don't have. You can. You can let her. I kick that mule. I'm bringing it up. I don't. I don't have a stake in either team. I don't really care. But if I had, I would rather see Brady lose. Than, uh, than see him win. So. Yeah. I'm pulling for Atlanta. I love watching them play. Yeah. I love watching that team play. There's so much talent in Julio Jones and Devontae Freeman. Yeah. It's going to be such It's going to be uh, their other running back, their one-two combo, uh, Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman's pretty good, too. Oh, yeah. man, that one-two combo is insane. Yeah, dude. Those two backs will run you down. I like, so. I like it. We uh, think about too short, baby. Yeah, I like it, man. Uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, man. It's been... Uh, um, it's it's been different not having Ryan on. Ryan, I hope your your back's feeling better, brother. I know we bust the balls all the time, but it's not the same show without you. Fuck you, you're fired. And you're out of here. I got my little nephew coming on. He's gonna yeah, replace man, we're you, Michael. But we're you know what I'm Michael saying? In. You guys seen how the work he threw down? He was putting it down, brother. <laughs> uh, but we'll see you Saturday, Ryan. And uh, until then, take care of that little one and your little one on the way. Yeah, uh, you know, same sentiments, Ryan, get better, stop being such a pussy, we need our flying Frenchie, it's just not the same without you, and uh, as always, make sure you're following the page, getting all the news that we put out for you in case you miss it, because shit breaks so often. Uh, We'll be back on Saturday night for Fight Night with the Joes, obviously, it won't be posted till later Saturday night, so you'll be able to listen to it Sunday. So if you guys can't watch the fights for some reason Saturday night, you know, do the old uh, fight cast, fight companion thing and uh, 
throw us on while you guys watch the fights. And even if you did watch them, watch them again and hear the dumb shit that we got to say about it. And uh, my buddy Tony Monteruso will be joining us, so that'll be fun to have a another person in studio with us and, and have Ryan, and he can understand the frustrations that we go through. Uh, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Average Joe's MMA Show for David Van Boglen and the laid-up Ryan Dempsey. I'm Jeff Shanahan, and we will see you guys Saturday. Otherwise, we'll see you next week for another episode of the Average Joe's MMA Show.